0: blog talk radio the net live is brought to you by the spire institute integrating sports and education training and learning performance and competition like no place on earth spire now on with the show
1: it's that time we have the people this is Eric and i This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. So I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney.
0: You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruchet. I have a great
1: time. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs>
0: It's going, it's going, let it go, you guys are unbelievable, Huey Lewis in the news, baby, little Michael J. Fox, some flames on the pavement, a DeLorean, and Chris McGee, oh my God, hi, how are you guys,
2: at what point did you take me out of the intro?
1: It's
0: been it's been a decent amount of time. Yeah, uh, you've been gone for a while. Whose decision was that? Jeremy, you know oh, yeah. Unilaterally, I'm the one that has control of the uh, intro. He's but... like President Bush in Iraq. He just unilaterally <laughs> decides to go to war.
3: Mission accomplished. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, This will be my last show. Oh,
3: no, I thought that's why I took you off. I thought you was already yeah. your last wow. show. So it's official.
0: That is. <laughs> Did you launch chatboard? I don't know if I
2: launched. Yeah, launched. Really oh,
3: but just in case you're wondering, Reed's not on there either. So. Hey, just, now it's just me and Kevin.
0: Welcome to the Net Live, and as you can tell with the music and everything, it is wow. Back to the Future here. It's Kevin Barnett, along with DJ Jeremy Roche, and in studio, a man who knows nothing about volleyball, yeah. but a lot about hoops and perhaps soccer, Chris McGee. I still know nothing about soccer, but
2: uh, yeah, it's good to be back, and uh, as I said uh, in our little uh, group email last night, I know nothing about this sport anymore, and don't even know if I care, but uh, I'm going to sit mm-hmm. in today and just, uh, you know, listen and
0: Fantastic. Have fun with you guys. A lot of our listeners don't think we know anything about volleyball okay. either. Exactly. But we're going to bring on some people who do know awesome. something about volleyball today. We have a huge show planned for you, finally things happening in the volleyball world. There are and yeah, uh, a couple. And we have some people that are in the know and in the happenings that are going on. ten thirty. Leonard Armado. Has the US open of volleyball? No, what are we calling it? World Series. U.S. World Series. World Series of Beach Volleyball. That's what it is.
3: It's an FIVB event, too, just in you right? It is an
0: FIVB Grand Slam event. Grand held Slam. held in Long Beach. And then after that will be the World Series Cup, which is
2: USA versus the World. That's Leonard's Leonard other he'll come event. in and so talk that, about that. Yep. Yeah. He'll come in and talk about that.
0: So Leonard Armado on the show today, long-time uh, man in the beach, beach volleyball world. If you don't know who he is, well, maybe you're new to the sport. We'll also have a couple of players. Courtney Thompson from the women's team who has a new One of my favorite players. Great player, great person, fun. Nickname, Stumps.
2: You know, awesome. Holly and I, first year calling Pac-10 Volleyball 2005 was the year they won the national championship. And I remember we had to go up there probably four or five times and just saying, that young lady is one of the best leaders I'd ever seen. That was a team that had uh, Tomasovich
0: and, and, and uh, Crystal Morrison.
2: I mean, they, they they were a team. Uh, but she was, she was the one. She was kind of the glue.
0: Great player, man. She's a great kid. We did a video a few years ago with her. I'll have to put that up on the Facebook page later today. We did a little pump-up player video with her. She's just a really cool person. She has a new documentary coming out, Yeah, and we'll actually have the makers of that documentary on next week. Jack and Leslie. I saw a tweet about that, I think. Next week or the uh, 24th? I'm sorry, the 24th, okay. yeah. Jack and it's Leslie, maybe. Heyman. Heyman, come on, come on. Was it going to
2: be on, like, a Netflix or a YouTube thing, or is it, it coming out on a...
0: I don't heck? know. On YouTube, they have a trailer, Court and Spark, <clears> so we're going to find out more about it, both from Courtney this week and from Jack and Leslie next week. So refresh my memory. Bird went down in the well Olympics, done. correct? She got hurt She got she hurt, got hurt but bit, came but back. Came back, right. She was limp along. When Thompson set... She set, I believe, this... Semis? Not the semis, quarters. The last for sure, two, right? yeah, the quarters and I think the one before, I think the last yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. play, if I'm remembering yep. correctly. So Courtney Thompson, great competitor, great person. We will talk to her about not only her career and her ongoing volleyball exploits, but also this upcoming uh, <clears throat> upcoming documentary. If you saw the, the trailer, very well done.
1: Beautiful mm-hmm.
0: film footage and really it looks like high quality stuff. So we'll have the makers of that on next week. We'll look forward to that. Coach's Corner, we'll have a little audio with Mike Seeley. Why am
3: I sitting so low? <laughs> you got a new chair? That's Dustin's chair. Do you ask him for permission? <laughs> That's <laughs> really interesting. The look on your face was
0: really awesome. interesting. We'll have Mike Seeley on Coach's Corner. He's been consultant coaching for the men's national team. So we're going to talk a little bit about consultant coaching. You
2: guys coaching. sure you want to pop off because... Obviously, I'm I'm looking at the chat room. What's happened since I've left, your your listeners have
0: left, too. There's like six guys in here.
3: Well, I thought by telling people you'd be here, we'd have more. You didn't. Obviously, you're not the draw. Obviously, you're not the draw.
0: also have a little audio from John Spraw, (laughs) who has embarked on the quad. This week, uh, World League happened in Wichita, Kansas. There were about 65 people there on Friday night to witness it. And John Spraw gave us a little audio. I think there were about 900, 1,200 maybe on Friday. This is a place where we've had 5,000. What happened? I don't know. It's Friday night in Wichita, man. A lot of happened. A lot of places to go. A lot of things to do. Saturday night, we had a better crowd, but and wow. a USA champ broke out, which was awesome. So we'll talk about World League later in this. Were there any fatheads there? No fatheads. I okay. have a question. The ABCA, were they a part of this documentary, or was it all just it's just a separate deal? Separate okay, that's cool. I'm looking uh, forward We'll to also it. take your calls, if you wish, 347 7, and we have a contest coming up. You left Chicago. Chicago. That's what happened.
2: Apparently, you guys used to be in Chicago.
0: What? The uh, the World League? World League. Oh, yeah. It was in Sears Center. Wasn't that fun? Hoffman Estates.
2: Yeah. Your old stomping
0: grounds. Us versus Poland was a Polish home event, 8,000 people. That's right. It was good. It was literally like a Polish home game, right? It was. Bulgaria, too, when they played Bulgaria a couple years before that. That's amazing. Yeah. Good events. But you can't always schedule there. Wichita has been on the schedule the Mm -hmm. third time, Tulsa, second time, Reno, first time. We'll sure. see how these other events go, though Reno is with the boys' junior national, so hopefully the boys sure. come over and watch, support the men. Big fan, of Reno. Lots of new guys on the want team. want two there, yeah, you did. So bud. Like congrats. congrats. Lots nice. of the Geet Pete. Pete, Vagueet Pete. Lots of new faces on the men's team, and uh, it's going to be interesting. How's the coaching staff with Furby, Young, Spraw, who else? Sealy helping out. Sealy. Yeah, you know what I think is interesting about that coaching staff is that I, I was saying this to Sealy while we were chatting yesterday on the way home, that it's really a, a group of peers now. It's not the old school bringing in some of the new school guys. It's all new school guys. It's all current guys. Mike Seeley, John Spraw, Matt Springer. We, we hear uh, rumors about Mike Wall joining. From He's been volunteering at ASU, but Mike Wall was on the national team for a second. Uh, played professionally overseas a bit, has been coaching in a few different places. But he's with ASU Women and Jason Watson this past yes. year. And now it looks like he is going to be the next assistant for the men's national team. How's
2: Karch's squad looking? What's, what's their schedule this summer?
0: They are headed to Grand Prix are you doing that later thing? in the summer. No, no, they oh. booted me off of that one.
2: Oh, who's doing that?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Analyst position, probably a woman. That would mm. be my guess. And uh, I would guess Chris Marlowe would do those, because he's in Denver and Universal Sports is in Denver now. So you might hear Chris Marlowe on there. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, that was
3: a good show, guys. (laughs) And we're out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Week one for USA Volleyball in Wichita, a split with Argentina. Lost the first night, 3-1, played horribly. Argentina also played horribly. It was a contest to see who could give the opponent more points. And then the following night, USA... Through one set, pretty bad again, mm-hmm. and then broke it out. All of a sudden, three sets looked of a nice, prosperous Yeah, good volleyball with with give me the young guys. Give me the starting lineup, so we can get a, just a gauge of who's who's on this squad. All right, right let right me now. think about the starting lineup. Uh, both nights, who's it, it was Evan Paddock at opposite. Okay. Brian Thornton setting. Okay. Both of which got switched. Okay. So about a set and a half in both nights, and it two. went to Kavika Shoji
2: mm-hmm. and look?
0: Carson Clark. Kavika mm-hmm. the second night looked a lot better. First night. Neither setter looked good. Okay. Second night, Thornton struggled again. Shoji came in. Shoji, Shoji set the left quite effectively. Mm-hmm. Got the middles involved. Did mm-hmm. a nice job. He's a good player. He's good. He's he's athletic. He's entertaining. Good yep. kid too. Mm-hmm. Eric Shoji at libero played well. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, made some great plays. You can kind of see where the growth is going to Lamborn retired or moved no? On. Lamborn's still okay, in there. Still there. They're still pushing each other. Mm-hmm. Outside hitters Matt Anderson. Every conversation for the next four years starts with at uh, the outside hitter Matt Anderson and. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Matt Anderson and um Tony Torelio. You get the really? no, yeah. Cirelliac. Cirelli was Cirelliac. He was there, huh? Yeah, he played okay. okay. Paul Lottman came in for him. And then the next night it was Garrett Muangatutia. Um you were you were there, right? I was.
3: I didn't mean to interrupt, but BJ saying you were incorrect that Evan Paddock wasn't there, Murphy Troy was the opposite thought you were there.
0: Oh, did I say Paddock? No, just, yeah. No, Murphy Troy. Sorry, not Murphy Evan Troy Paddock. from USC. No, no, Murphy thought you, were, thought you were there, Kevin. Well, maybe DJ should come and
2: uh, host the show, <laughs> Kevin, since you were there and have no clue. What happened.
0: Sorry, that's a complete brain fart. No, Murphy, Murphy <laughs> Troy started both nights What Evan Paddock. Wow. Um, <laughs> Thanks for catching that, BJ. Uh Yeah, Evan Paddock started both nights. So and Garrett Mwangatudia started at outside the second night. He was in for about 10 points. They mm. served him off the court, basically. Where was Reed? And in came Paul Lottman, who played well. Reed team. Pretty, not on the roster. Okay. We Playing. keep it up on volleyball. Playing golf. It's
2: like a B team going on, or is this what we're rolling no, with No, this right is young okay. guys,
0: man. Uh, Clay Stanley and Reed Pretty, not on the roster. Rich Lamborn on the roster, but not there that week.
2: I thought Clay and them were going to be back.
0: After World League. They okay. are not eligible for World League. Okay. They're not Got even it. on the, the expanded 19-man roster. Or 19-man right. roster. So they'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we covered all the business. Oh, middles. David Lee, David Smith, <laughs> both nights. Excuse me. You are right there, buddy? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a cough button. We haven't no, gotten there yet. So I love
2: David Lee. I already he's a monster in the
4: gym
0: these days. Dave Lee, Dave Smith, yeah, coming off they say a peck tear, ow, but can't see any effect that that's had on his delts or biceps. The rest, the rest of him is great. Yeah, the sleeve is still looking good on Dave Lee. One peck is large. hurting. He's large. I want to do a Dave Lee video of like Dave Lee's normal life. Where he's trying on clothes at like a surf shop. To rip Huntington the beach. Yeah. He's like, ah, this feels okay, but something's wrong. And then he just rips the sleeve off. Ah, that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I need. <laughs> he goes and picks out a suit. And he's looking at the just suit. And he's like, ah, this, is, this just feels so restricting. And he rips the arm off the suit. What about your boy Holt? No, no Max Holt. Mm-hmm. He's on the roster, but he was not there this weekend. I think it, we have the potential this weekend in Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma, if you are around at the Civic Center, I believe it is. If you're in the area... Or perhaps you just blow in, maybe yeah, via right, a tornado, crazy and uh, you are in the Tulsa region. You should come and watch the men's team. It could be a whole new roster this next week. You'll see some of the same guys, but you literally could turn over half of it.
2: So you're you're going away this
0: weekend, too? Yeah. yeah. How, how many more of those you got? One more, Reno. Reno. Okay, here's the yeah, yeah. schedule. USA-Argentina, Wichita this past weekend. USA-France in Tulsa this next weekend. Weekend off, which is weird in World League. Mm-hmm. Next week... Uh, Reno, playing against Bulgaria, then to Poland, to Brazil, and that's your pool. That's it. That's the pool. It's, it's
2: and you got to come what top first. Two? Oh, you got to come in
0: first. Yeah, top two, top two. Argentina's in the pool, so they'll take the next best team out of that pool. So there'll be three teams out of pool A. There's pool A, pool B, and then pool C. I think they take the, is it the next best out of A or next best out of A B, whatever it is. But pool C is full of like the also Rams. So the year after the unleptic, who, who's the number one team? Give me the best three. team? Give
2: me, give me top three.
0: Top yep. three, I, I'm going to say Poland, Brazil, Russia.
4: Mm.
0: I, I think those are the three best teams. And I thought Poland would be a lot better. They got thumped by Brazil mm. in the first match. I haven't seen the second match. But they got thumped. Russia took care of Iran, and Russia did it with like, almost no one from the Olympic team. And it's Iran. But Russia's got a bunch of guys. It's like, yeah, oh, that 6'10 guy's injured who can jump 40 inches. Well, we got another guy over yep. here, six nine. No problem. We're, where will the uh, Americans be, say, two years from now,
2: coming to, uh, you know, before we. I wish I could answer that question. So.
0: I mean, I wish I could answer that question. I have no idea. And that's no kind of part not. of the excitement of watching it is yeah. you are seeing these guys on the ground floor. Yeah. You're seeing these guys get an opportunity. not getting I mean, a completely get new staff, Yeah. Yeah. And, and that staff is committed to a younger group of players, putting them out there, letting them play, letting them go. Jeremy, we have the audio from uh, John Spraw after night number one. I want to get to that as long as we're talking about World League. Talked to John briefly right after the event. And well, was he fired up on his first victory? Saw the ball sign. I didn't Twitter. talk to him too much afterwards, uh, after the second night. This is after the first night when they lost in four. And really, Argentina gave him set number three. Should have been Argentina's.
3: We have it? Yeah. Please. I just didn't know if you needed to uh, like give an intro or anything like that. Well,
0: this is John Sprawl right after the first match of the night. We did a little post-match interview and then did a little audio for TNL. And just talking about kind of the beginning of the quad, I think. I, I think I was there. Maybe, yeah, I was. maybe you weren't. Maybe I was having coffee in cars with Evan Paddock. Yeah, Evan Paddock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, well, you guys had a nice dinner, I heard. Yeah okay yeah here with John Spraw right following the first match of the 2013 quad I mean really John this is the beginning of the season forget just the beginning of this tournament uh, what are your feelings coming out of just the very first match
5: I was excited I was probably a little nervous too it's a big moment for me uh, coaching the national team as you know we've talked about in the past it means a lot to me and so I was excited to come out here and perform and I think the team was too and you could see it there's a lot of nerves out there and guys perform like they were nervous and I think that's natural I don't think I was upset with anybody in particular I think we've got a long way to go a long way to grow we'll learn from this we'll come out and be better tomorrow night and uh, I am I'm excited I'm excited about the future and the opportunity to train this team and to see how much improvement we can get
0: so you and I were chatting earlier about the, the way to evaluate talent. How do you do it? Do you have a guy that you're going to say, hey, he's going to stay in the match the whole time? How do you get guys enough reps in the, in the matches? How do you decide who travels, who doesn't travel? It seems like an enormous puzzle.
5: It really is, especially internationally because, as you know, as a former player, there's not actually that many opportunities to compete internationally. So, we have to try and, first of all, we have to create a competitive environment in training and let guys compete and earn it. And I really feel like this group that we've had here has done a great job. And there, there's some young guys, and obviously we've made a commitment to play some young guys, but those young guys have had to earn it in the training environment. And guys like Tony Chirelli and Carson and Murphy, those guys have earned the right to travel here today. Um, and then when we get out on the court, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have a set plan tonight. I kind of wanted to see how things went. And I felt halfway through the match that our ball control just wasn't there. I needed to put in a passer, so Paul Lobman obviously gives us that. And I thought our setting wasn't really good early, so it was time to put Kavika in. I actually think I held on there for quite a while, considering what the setting was at that point. So, you know, I think uh, it naturally worked out the way it worked out through the course of this match so we could see some more faces, and I'm sure we'll see more through the course of World
0: League. Okay, 1-3 loss. It's a loss, but give me some positives out of this, things that you liked that we saw.
5: I really liked that we came back and performed as well as we did in the third set being down 0-2. Really was happy with that. I was happy with uh, the energy, which we played the whole time. I never felt like we got all too down and were really angry at one another. I thought the interpersonal dynamic was pretty good in general. It can be better, but I think in general it was pretty good. And I was really happy with the way that we came back when we were down in the fourth set. And, you know, we had our chances there. David made a play at the end to get that stuff to tie it up and make it a due set. Guy just went back and bombed the serve and it was over. But I was happy the way we came back there, too. All right, cool. Good luck.
1: Thanks. All right, All right we'll see you tomorrow. All right, John. Yeah.
5: thanks, John.
0: Sounds like a national team coach. Yeah. Yeah, John always just sounded that yeah. way. Very professional, very smart Decided guy. Excited to be
2: there, and uh, I liked what
0: he had to say. He mentioned the nerves. And sure. you could see it in the war- – guys were just peppering forever. Yeah. Just pepper right up to the end,
2: Pepper, pumping balls, pepper, pepper. five on, just, just yeah. out of their
0: minds. You could see that nervous energy, and it's interesting to say, John, that it, it even was in the coaching staff. For sure, you know, first time out. Furbringer never been an assistant coach at any level. Well, I mean, a volunteer assistant He's, at college, but, but and been head coach at club level, but internationally stepping for the first time. Stiff ball game, John, first time where he owns the job. He's done the job before, sure. in instead of other people. But yeah, it's uh. That was interesting. And then the setting, he mentioned the setting. Yeah, Thornton was both nights, struggled.
2: You know, he's saying some of those young names, Trelli and everybody. And uh, it, it just got me thinking, it's like, man, these guys are fresh out of college, really, a couple of these guys, uh, you know, a couple of years. So uh, it's it's going to be an interesting ride, but I like that he's committed to him, And, uh, you know, I love what he had to say, that that, that they've earned the right to travel with, with this team. And uh, he had a very nice demeanor uh, about him after a, a, a 3-1 loss, you know, and it showed because they turned around and won the next night, right? They did. They won 3-1 the next night and played
0: poorly in the first set. Couldn't get an interview with them, though, huh? <laughs> <one>. <laughs> but they men- he mentioned that he liked the way they kept fighting. Yeah. And that was true. They kept true. fighting together, even even the first night when it wasn't going well, and the second night through one set when it looked exactly the same as it did the first night. They kept fighting together, and they fixed it. They turned it around. And, and the second night, the energy through the last three sets was, was really good. And, and I'm glad he mentioned good. Paul Lottman, too, who had a, a really nice weekend coming off the bench both
2: nights. Yeah, Paul Lottman, uh, people real high on him. He could be a big time player. Well,
0: and I haven't seen enough yeah. from Lotman.
2: Like everybody talks about Lottman. I know, but everyone. You never see him. Uh, guys who coached against him and stuff. I, you know, I'm just talking about the guys that I know that I see randomly. His name always comes up. Well, Furby or Pressure. You know, those guys. We were recently at, at something where they were talking about him. I mean, his name always comes up in those situations. And he's not flashy.
0: He doesn't have a demeanor that makes you notice him. You're not you know, like, oh, that guy's playing really well. You look at the stat sheet. That guy's playing pretty well. Not
2: that big, right? Ah, yeah, six.
0: Five, six, six, maybe six, seven. I don't. Maybe mm-hmm. six, seven. Is he that tall? Yeah, he's a big yeah. kid. Big, strong kid, hits a fastball. Doesn't jump exceptionally high, but hits the ball well. Good serve. But he passed really well. At one point in the match, I'm not sure where he ended up, but at one point in the match, towards the end, in set number four, he had passed through three sets of play, 91% perfect. Like those numbers. <laughs> you, you know,
2: you, you mentioned um, uh, BJ just threw under the bus.
0: What? She said, she asked if you want to talk
3: to him anymore on the second night, and you said no. Good job, Kevin. thought you cared uh, about the show. I, 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 she I asked me wrong. if
0: I was done. No, that's not
3: the and way. I said, "Yeah, not the way it looks here." I gotta ask. I gotta, I gotta tell you. I mean,
2: BJ is producing and hosting this show. <laughs> I've got a little, she, and, note. And, and I'm gonna tell you something. She's outplaying you right now, it, and, and I, it's embarrassing on my return. Here's the, the thing for BJ: If Peter was
0: there, he
3: would have got the interview.
0: I know. Yeah, no, I'd have walked right up and done it. <laughs> here's the thing with BJ: I know she did not have a good World League weekend. It was not fun for her. Okay. Not on her she top was, list. Because you were the there weekend. or because... No, because I, I found out this weekend how BJ Evans rates World League weekends.
1: Are, you about, her, are you about to try
3: to throw her under the bus, low too? on her totem pole? It's the, She's like one of our only loyal listeners. I don't want you to do anything.
0: It's the cuteness of the referees.
1: Nice. Good for BJ. Good for
0: her. <laughs> she said that Salt Lake... I yeah. don't know what year we're talking about. I hope the referees aren't listening. Six,
6: but listen, I, but I think BJ don't should
2: shoot should best shoot ever a, world league. He should shoot higher than the referees.
1: <laughs> I mean, most of
2: those guys are dicky dudes, anyways. I and mean, you're not, you know. I mean, there's nothing going to come out of a referee. We need to have BJ on the They're show. They're not all point. the great Marvin Hall. That's true. Um, Matt Anderson. Yes, you, you said something earlier about uh Matt Anderson. coming on the
0: show later today yes. about noon.
2: And everyone else. Uh, oh, sweet! I'll miss that. Um, you got a babysitter? Hang on, <laughs> no, I buddy. I got to get Millie. I told you three more days of preschool. Would you like me to scar more? It's the last time I was here, and I didn't pick her up for 25 minutes. Um, Matt Anderson, and everybody else. How much did the his Olympic performance and kind of that torch being passed to him from all those older guys to him? How 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 different of a player is he? Do
0: you notice? Attitude wise, uh, leadership wise, is there a difference? I think there's definitely a difference in the expectation for Matt. He's captain right now. Sure. And I think there's a different expectation for him. I asked him about that after the the second night when we interviewed Matt. Had a, a much better night. Struggled the first night. Hit negative. And then the second night had a good night. Uh, played well and, and hit some critical balls. I think Matt's feeling the pressure a little bit of the responsibility of the captain duties, both during the day and during match, but then also just being the older guy. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, he's the older guy. And he's really only risen to the stature that he's at in a year and a half, two years. No question. Right? He came in. He struggled for a couple years. Two years ago, people were wondering when he was going to get it together head-wise. Right. But he's pulled it together fantastically. And, of course, 2012 Olympics coming out party for him and an amazing Olympic debut. Just awesome. awesome. And I, I just wonder what
2: that could do for a player. And you can relay my question to him. Put
0: it in your own words. Yeah. I will. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, but I think he's feeling a little bit. And But I said in the open of the second night, yeah, I think it's affecting him a little bit. But I think the kid will step up. The kid is doing everything right. He's he's focused on being a professional player, a professional athlete, a great teammate. I, I think it's, the world is his oyster at this point. Matt Anderson, going and to do great things. Showed you this set of the future? Don't know. I want to see Ammerman, and I want to see the other kid out of UCLA whose name I can't think of. Ammo really came on late. Caldwell, well, Caldwell, super, Caldwell, and it's super early
3: in the process too. Like uh, Sprawl, right now, like it's just got to be yeah, figuring
0: it all out, right? And
3: Caldwell,
2: yeah, right now, Caldwell's supposed to be, be unbelievable, made. right?
0: Kyle Caldwell out of UCLA. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We have another two years before He's Camp starts crushing the team.
2: Garthoff, will like that kid from uh, SC, I'm sure, isn't there
0: a kid at SC right now. That's Micah Christensen yeah, is going to get a look. Yeah, Micah Christensen is going to get a look, no doubt. Maybe the road, maybe this summer. What is he a junior? Uh yes. Uh-huh. He will be a junior. He will be a junior. So he's maybe a little further back, but Micah Christensen, fantastic athlete. Let's see where uh, You where know I went to the up. National
2: Championship the men's volleyball match Barty, Me and Millie sat in the end zone right next to Spron I
0: had a good time. Cool. Not
2: sure you guys talked about that match back then. Did you watch it on T V? Nope,
0: missed it. You missed it, huh? Yeah. We had Jay and Micah another and talk title about for Irvine. It. It's amazing. First season for Dave Niffin and he pulls through. They had
2: looked like a they team were at large. that had been there before and was poised. BYU was,
0: uh, man, did they ride that roller coaster up and down? They were the two best teams pretty much all year. You could throw yeah, Long B- Beach B- in that discussion yeah, for a little was. while, but they were the two best teams. Uh, that was a uh, that was a good event. Speaking of championships, Flag Football Super Bowl next weekend won't be there.
7: Why is the Drink. Ch- why fourth is the time t- in five seasons? Why, why is Kansas the, the
2: champion?
0: Have you won any? No. Oh, you haven't won a Super Bowl yet. I'm Marv Levy right now. Oh, buddy. you must
2: not be doing a good
3: job. <laughs> ah, nice way to set up. Very um, good. Very good. Wow. Uh, you guys still get there, huh? We've
0: been getting there.
2: Is there any good? Pl- I mean, it's kind of New like spring. Is this like a spring league, like a fun, friendly league, or is this for real?
0: No, no this football's in the fall. It's still angry. Yeah, both. I mean, spring is different. Okay. You cycle kids in and out. So you guys and are getting there.
2: there in the fall too. You guys are getting. Your guys are getting yeah. in the title
0: match. Soccer kids. The soccer kids come back in in the spring, and the baseball kids drop out, and vice versa. Can you? Have you, have you walked away from one saying, we should have won that game, We've, or have you? We lost inside of a minute both times. Oh, that's hard to live with. Or two of, them, two of them. That's hard to live with. Yeah, it's not good. But I won't even be coaching this week. Like, I didn't coach the semifinals this week. My assistant, I, I built up my staff. They've taken. How will them. you feel if
2: they win it without you? I will be so <laughs> stoked.
0: You will. Oh, my that's God. Sign
2: the two professional.
0: I will be so stoked. They need to win it. He will be so
3: and no, 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 there'll no. Always be I'm, whisp- I'm whispering
2: because you he can't hear me if I whisper. <laughs> There's always going to be an
3: asterisk, Jeremy, next oh, to oh, yeah,
2: for win, sure. because he wasn't there, and it won't really be his actually. Like, and then the parents, the parents will be talking like, "Wow, Johnny the assistant. What's the yeah. assistant's name? Sedite. Sid- uh, and Jay. Who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sidite and
3: Jay should be the coaches." Well, and yeah. then, you know. The kids play so much better. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what can happen. There if might kids, be a coup. It's going really weird. The coaches will get that speech. Like, Why oh, am I no, down Why am I down Logan? Everybody, Logan? everybody's involved in this. Even the practice players, everybody deserves a ring, but yeah, they don't really mean it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Everyone
2: <laughs> deserves a ring.
0: Speaking of building wow. a strong coaching staff, Marv Dunphy at Pepperdine, still at Pepperdine, yeah. he lost still. David Hunt to... How many Gary more matches Sato
2: you guys had in Japan? Oh yeah, Sato.
0: And now he has brought in Jonathan Winder. So setter Jonathan Winder apparently his career over. Yep. As a player and embarking on his coaching career, starting at Pepperdine Does Winder
2: have any wins in his career? He has to did Winder. vacate all those? Was he was he on the good teams that didn't have to vacate? Talk to me.
0: Yeah, no. I think they had to vacate. Not really, they really got swept under the rug. You should still have the banner up. Gary Sato update on Japan still 0 and 4. First uh, two weekends of World League, but I heard it was some good matches this past weekend for Japan. Sato, a lot of building to be done there. I mean, you think talk about John Spraw and the building process there. It's going to be an interesting one with Gary Sato and Japan. So another one that you can watch.
2: I mean, how about Spraw? He's coaching his alma mater UCLA and men's
3: national team. Yeah, he's
2: got all his buddies around him.
3: It's kind of a big deal, right? Sealy, Furby,
2: Steino's on the women's staff there at UCLA. Keller, Verbs, he's got a lot of he's, – he's
3: probably in a little hog heaven there, rolling around in the mud.
0: I think it's,
2: I I think think it's working
3: all, out. All his peeps are happy, too. They're like, hey, bro, I know you. are like, dude, I got a job. I'm just waiting for the phone call to come to the practice and, you know, spin some tunes for the guys. Yeah, just so I can be on the staff.
0: People have been mining John Spraw for years, just hoping for the payoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now the, the gold vein has been hit. Um this has
3: nothing to do with the you guys show. you're like listen
0: John I've hung out with you for 10 years can you please
3: <laughs> I have <other> tolerated <laughs> you.
0: I've made you feel good about yourself now.
3: Just, uh, I want to make an announcement this is my last show because I just got tweeted by one of my DJs that apparently there's a fake DJ Roche Twitter handle out there so no I way. have obviously made it
2: and <laughs> no I don't where? need you guys
3: anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well listen you can so retire you, be... you can
2: retire on the money you've made on this show.
0: Yeah totally. Now you have to be the real DJ Roche?
3: Yeah,
2: I
0: like I need, Yeah, my Twitter handle has to change. Got to verify,
3: man. Got to verify, bro. Got to verify it.
0: People trying to be me. I love it. Will I get a fake DJ Roche LinkedIn profile next? Hopefully. That's the next you know, level. If people uh, are trying I've to had, you on LinkedIn.
3: You, I've already had a Facebook fake one. Now Twitter. I'm just I'm moving up. The Lakers the
2: season ended up taking a little time where I'm not
3: I, – I, Twitter's
2: a, once, a, once every few days, once a day. You know, not much really being said by me on Twitter, and it's it's a good feeling sometimes. It's almost like I was telling you guys volleyball. Sometimes you get away, you just got to check out from the Beach Volleyball Madness, and uh, and you go, man, life's okay. I'm not as stressed anymore. It's nice. Tell us about the season. How'd it go? Uh, it was a wild season yeah. for the Lakers themselves. Yeah, it was. I mean – in a, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, it was one of their worst seasons, you know, in their franchise's history. If you think of all the things that have happened to them, um, just in terms of injuries, 183 games lost to injuries. Coley, I mean, Co- Coley, uh, Kobe with his Achilles. <laughs> Coley, Coley. Wait a minute. Am I thinking Evan, about volleyball
0: now? Evan Paddock played yeah. for the men's national yeah, team. Yeah, Coley Achilles Coley Kymond was in the Lakers. Kobe's so.
2: Achilles, uh, you know, Dr. Buss passing away. I mean, yeah. all those things that happened, I think, yeah. Uh, it, it was, was like, like you know, as the the being on coach being fired five games in, the whole Phil thing, and then they hired Anthony. Uh, but for us personally, in, in our first year as a network, I mean, things went really well. We had a lot to, to, to deal with, and, and the Lakers were happy with how we dealt with it. Good Ratings were uh, – man, it's amazing, the ratings for Laker games. They just dwarf everything else. It, it doesn't matter how bad they played or –
3: you get that fan base built in.
2: You know what's amazing too about the ratings is like, you know, the Clippers were like were winning their 17th straight game, I think, right? And they were in a great game at Denver, maybe, and it was like, the last 15 minutes of that game, it was halftime of a Laker game, just a random game where they were retiring Jamal Wilkes' jersey, and it had a bigger rating. It's to me, it's like, it's still a Laker town. Uh, and and as good as the Clippers were, and they they are great, and they have a great team, and and their ratings are way better than they used to be. Uh, they're top five in the NBA now for for regional sports networks, which is great. But um, it's just still people. It always baffled me that people still were drawn to this. Well, you have all those years of success. So, yeah, and, and but they were drawn to this drama of it all, and what's going to happen. And I mean, for us, we you know we were saying, it was a soap opera for it, a long time. Yeah, and if you put your fan aside, so for me it was like, hey, okay, not being a fan, more being the the, the anchor of this network. If they're in it down the stretch to try to get into the playoffs, I mean, this is three months out. Yeah, man, that's going to be crazy for us, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happened. Like it came down to those last few games, which made it even, you know, more. So, uh, to answer your question, it, it, it went well. The season was a, a you know terrible in terms of being a Laker fan. I mean, the seven seed, you're swept out of the playoffs. All those injuries to deal with. It definitely wasn't fun. Um, but as the uh, as 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 went on for me, it was it was, it was good. It was good first year.
0: Cool. Well, the Lakers are a big brand, and we're going to bring on after the break a guy who knows a lot about building brands Leonard Armando. Leonard Armando. Jeremy. He can definitely build brands, that's for sure. No doubt. Are we going right now? If you that want sounds to. like intro music.
3: Yeah, we, I can switch it. I thought, you were, right? I
0: thought you were going right to it. Well, he's going to be up. Let's, let's go. Go. Okay, roll through. Let's take, let's, take, let's take a quick break. Three yeah. seconds. Yeah, that'd be smart. Everybody we'll right back, back with Leonard. With Leonard. Let's make the Big group, look at your questions. Yeah, Barnett needs to pay bills. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Armato, after the turn here on the Netline. No Welcome back to the Net Live here on a Monday. Monday in June, right? are we in June here? June 10th, correct. June 10th. All right, in the fifth year of this program, big thanks to the AVCA for their support of the show as well as Volleyball Magazine. We hope you get getting this via iTunes. If you're not listening live, download us via iTunes. It is the blog talk radio feed of the Net Live. Kevin Barnett sitting in with DJ Roche and Chris McGee. First, uh, first show since like January for you or something. It's been a long time, but I uh,
2: hear Leonard's coming in, so for me, I got excited and made sure I made, made my way over here. Good All man. Right. Bring it. do this again. It's a good song. Leonard you, likes
0: this song. If you know anything about beach volleyball, you've heard this name. He founded the AVP back in 1983, saw it through the glory years, late 80s, mid-90s. It was a huge property. Then Leonard went away, and strangely, so did the tour. Leonard only brought it back in 2001 and built it again a renaissance. He's been Shaq's agent. He's married to a beach volleyball legend, Holly McPeak. He's worked with huge companies like Skechers and Volley Entertainment. Jeremy. Thanks. He's currently with the Leverage Agency, one of the premier sales and marketing agencies in the world. And he is getting back involved in beach volleyball. still got the bug. Put together an FIVB event that's going to be held in Long Beach coming up, the World Series of Beach Volleyball. It's going to be a multifaceted event, and we're glad he's here to tell us all about it. Please welcome into the Net Live Leonard Armato. Leonard? Maybe click the other one? Nope. Try it again. Leonard, are you there? I just heard him. Leonard? Is he he's, is He
3: muted? Nope. Let's try the other one. Okay. I'm here. I'm here.
2: There, there
6: you go, we go. there okay everybody. I'm here. I'm here can you are you with me? Do you read me?
0: yeah, yeah we got I think we have you now. We're sometimes fighting the technology here Lena. We're pushing with, with the bounds of what's possible
6: uh well, I, mean, so, I i'm riding I'm riding around in SpaceX, you know in the stratosphere, so maybe a, the signal may be a little bit blurry, but we'll, hopefully it'll be good enough.
0: Oh maybe it's like uh contact how industries or whatever <laughs> head industries you're,
4: you're, yeah I like
0: it. Leonard, uh, listen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time to be here on the program. And uh, first of all, we want to know just kind of why you're still involved in the sport. What is it about beach volleyball that keeps drawing you back?
6: Well, you talked about renaissance. And, uh, you know, starting the ADP back in the 80s and seeing it become a pop culture phenomenon, you know, and just watching those volleyball gods travel from city to city and create such a stir Um, around the country, and then sponsors got involved, and television got involved, and then what I focused in the 90s on sort of my sports marketing agent career, you know, with Shaq and Oscar De La Hoya and people like that, and then watching sort of the sport crumble, you know, right at the time it got into the Olympics, it was kind of weird for me, and then in 2001 you know, rescuing rescuing it from insolvency and then building it back up again with the help of Geter and Jay Roche and, you know, just sort of putting getting it to the point where it was a valuable asset. And then, you know, walking away from that when when, when this, you know, transaction that we tried to put in place, you know, this forty million dollar sale to Shamrock and offering the players contracts for, you know, five, six and seven million dollars a year in prize money to extend their obligation and just having resistance to that really disappointed me. And then when I walked away and I saw the ADP crumble again, I just thought, you know, something has to be done to resurrect, to create another, maybe a third renaissance for the sport. And I started to think, what do you need to do to make that happen? And so I started to create sort of all the elements required, you know, to, to, to take what exists and then you know, make a big explosion in the sport. I didn't want to do something small. I wanted to do something big. You know, because in today's world, you either got to go big or you got to go home because you're yeah. not going to cut through the clutter. And so I thought about it and talked with Mark Lazarus, the CEO of NBC Sports, talked with Ari Grasso, the head of the FIVB. And we wanted to bring together everything in this event that's trending in pop culture, everything. So the highest form of the sport of beach volleyball, you know, there's FIVB Grand Slam. But above and beyond that, what we have is something akin to a Ryder Cup where the top international teams in the world will go up against the top U.S. teams in the world for the coveted World Series Cup. It's going to be the inaugural World Series Cup live on NBC Sports. And then we're going to tap into the social aspect of four-person beach volleyball with two men and two women on a team. And then we're going to tap into the tribal aspect of the six-man, where everybody can dress up in costumes and play alongside the best in the world when it comes to six-man. And then we're going to tap into a music festival trend. And people love music festivals these days, so we're going to put a whole music festival around our entire event. So this event is going to be a beach volleyball event that's never been experienced before, and we're going to make it free the first time so that everybody has an opportunity for free general admission. So you can't ask for more than that.
0: Man, I wonder what's not happening at an event like this. Leonard, in concept, <laughs> what other things inspired you? Were there other properties out there that inspired you to bring in all these different elements?
6: Yeah, I mean, I just looked at the, what was trending and what people really are responding to now. People love the whole idea of social connectivity. And you know, young people want to you know want to be a part of anything that involve, that music is involved in. So we we have music for that. You know, we they want people want to see the best in, in in a sport. So we're going to bring the best athletes in the world together for the first time in the United States for at least 10 years. And then we're going to give everybody a chance to participate as well as spectate. So we're going to I didn't even mention this guys, but we're going to have. You know, the AAU championships, so we're going to have collegiate championships, and, and we're going to have the 6 men and the four-man the, and, the, and the FIVB Grand Slam. And the thing that's really exciting to me is NBC is our partner in this event. So they're going to devote 23 hours of live coverage across all of their broadcast platforms. So this isn't just going to be a small little event that happens at the – Local level, it's going to be something that's very national in scope, and I think that this will be sort of an explosion for the sport. It'll help everybody. It'll help you know AVP grow into a national tour. It'll help grassroots organizations out there. Um, I think it's going to be something that that will bring the entire sport of volleyball and beach volleyball together because I'm using it as a bridge between beach and indoor. So let's unite the world of volleyball around this event.
2: Leonard, uh, some of the listeners want to know. Uh, you know, have a couple questions for you, so I'm going to jump in. Um, what does the World Series part look like? Uh, you know, after the FIVB, a lot, a lot of people are talking about the world versus the U.S., and, and I know you're 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 a big proponent of that and very passionate about it. So I'd rather have you speak on it than me.
6: Yeah. So after the FIVB Grand Slam is over, there'll be two international teams that will have earned a berth in the World Series Cup championships or final. It'll be the number one team in the world uh, that wins the world championships in in Poland, and that'll happen over the July 4th weekend. And then it'll be the other you know, top-ranked FIVB or international team that obviously did not win the world Championship. So the top two international teams will qualify to play for the right to play for the Cup on behalf of their country. And then it'll be the top two U.S. teams playing each other for the right to represent the USA in the World Series Cup final. So this cup is going to be extraordinary. We're having it designed right now. It's going to be beautiful. So one country is going to walk off with it, and one team is going to win it on behalf of their country. And we're going to announce the prize money for that particular component of the event as well. But overall, guys, there's going to be over a half a million dollars in prize money across the entire World Series of Beach Volleyball.
0: Leonard, it can't be easy to work with some of these organizations that are huge, NBC, FIVB. You're talking about multinational corporations. How has the sporting landscape or the event creation landscape changed in your time in, in the sports, uh, crew, sports promotion aspect of things? How different is it today dealing with uh, FIVB and NBC versus, say, 20 years ago?
6: Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, everything in sports marketing has advanced. It's more sophisticated now than it's ever been. And if you look at it, guys, the the consumer expectation is much higher now than it's ever been. If you remember back when we started AVP, people would bring their their beach chairs onto the beach and put it on the sand and sit down and watch. Well, consumers expect a lot more today. They want amenities. They want food. They want music. They want all kinds of stuff. So, you know, beach volleyball has to keep up with the times if it hopes to compete with everything else that's out there. Um, as far as the FIVB and dealing with them, Ari Grossen, the new president, has been a, an absolute delight to deal with for me. Um, NBC has been a terrific partner, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited that we, we've been able to sort of generate support on all fronts, and including you know the National Federation here in the United States, the USAB.
0: We talk a lot on this show about the business of beach volleyball, and the answer we always get about what it sells is lifestyle. Do you think beach volleyball has more to sell than just lifestyle? Do you think that's enough?
6: No, you, you know, beach volleyball, lifestyle is not enough, but lifestyle is an important component, and, and I like to look at it on several different levels. The first level is authenticity. So we want to make sure that people understand the best athletes in the world are participating in this event for a prize that is coveted just like the Olympic Games happens once every four years and people tune in to watch beach volleyball because they want to see the best athletes in the world playing a sport they're familiar with. That's number one. Number two, you have to tap into the lifestyle, the beach lifestyle, which is absolutely aspirational and idyllic. And, you know, Southern California and 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 the feeling that exists here is exportable. Remember Baywatch, the most watched syndicated show in history, We have it here. People want to associate with that. And it obviously has tremendous sex appeal, which we're not shying away from. And then finally, I think you tap into everything else that's trending in pop culture, the whole tribal aspect of the six-man, music festivals, the social component of the four-person. I think we have it all in this event, guys.
2: Letter, are there any uh, music acts or, or DJs that you guys can talk about yet?
6: No, we haven't. We haven't. We aren't ready to announce our musical acts, but we're in negotiation with a bunch of great DJs and bands. So we'll be able to do that maybe in another show. You know, we'll come on later and, and talk about the music lineup, or we'll come on later and talk about the, the lineup for the World Series Cup. Hopefully, we'll, we'll have more to talk about, you know, down the road. But, you know, I just wanted to give you guys sort of the first sneak peek because you represent the core of the sport. The first sneak peek into what we're thinking about for this event. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's going to be very exciting.
2: Now, Leonard, uh, is there a uh, you know web page people can go to and, and and learn about it and stuff like that? You know, you, you talked about that social media aspect of it.
6: Yeah, so you know you can either go to worldseriesofbeachvolleyball.com dot com or wsobv dot com. You know, like wsobv dot com hashtag wsobv, and, and you can find out uh, whatever you need to know about the event, uh, the schedule of the event, entering the four person, entering the six person. Um, you know prize money and even our sponsors, and you know this is the you know Asics World Series of Beach Volleyball. So I have to be you know I have to give credit to our title sponsor Asics because they, I know mean, without them we wouldn't be able to do this. So everybody in the beach volleyball and volleyball world should give credit to to Asics and and be appreciative of them for doing this for us. um We also have Bud Light, Paul Mitchell, Barefoot, Sabra, Nest Tea, and Zico. So we've got some really terrific sponsors that have supported us on very short notice, and we're certainly appreciative to all of them.
0: Leonard, it's always fun to have somebody like you on the program who has a long view. We've been doing this show for about five years, and of course, as players and people in the volleyball world, have a little bit longer view, but you have one of the longest views of all, going all the way back to the creation of this in 1983. Uh I just kind of wonder your opinion on the competition for space that's gone on recently. Of course, you, as head of the AVP, had some duels with the FIVB back in the day, but now There's the AVP, there's the FIVB, there's IMG has been involved, now the NBL as well. What's your opinion on the competition for space and how that affects the overall appeal of beach volleyball?
6: Well, what we want to do with the World Series of Beach Volleyball or the ASICS World Series of Beach Volleyball is we want to create an explosion for the sport. We want to create aspiration for the sport. We want to create something that gets people in the masses interested in the sport. So that will be good for... It will have a halo effect over everything. And then, you know, I believe the ADP would like to sort of reassert itself as the national tour in the USA, which it well should. Um, The NBL, I think, is working at the grassroots level. I don't know if they're in conflict with ADP or not, but I know that ADP does want to continue to absorb more space on the national tour side, which we encourage. Um, So, you know, it seems to me that if we can simply get the tide to rise higher, all of the boats will float higher as well. And um, it will work its way out.
2: You know, Leonard, for all of our fans that haven't seen you in a while, uh, you, you do have, a, I think, a three-and-a-half-year-old son now, Leonardo, and, of course, you're married to May Peak. How's the family?
6: Well, he's two-and-a-half. He he's, he's as big as a three-and-a-half-year-old, but he's only two-and-a-half. And, and Holly has you know, just been an amazing mother, and, and she you know, is putting as much energy and time and effort into that as she did uh, when she played beach volleyball, and you all know how hard she worked at that. So uh, you know, I give her lots of credit for everything she's done to kind of raise that little guy. And uh, everything's good on the home front, and she's still training, by the way. So I think she's actually in good enough shape to play in this event, so we'll see if she decides to do that.
2: Yeah, we've been hearing
0: that. Uh, you know, there's
2: little rumors out there in the South Bay. Holly's always working on the court, so uh, that's, that's great
0: here. Yeah, if not the Open division, how about a Legends division? You need a Legends tournament to go along with it. She might be able to carry me. <laughs> pull, pull Mike Dott <laughs> <of> the <laughs> Well, hey, literally. Well, you on, guys think- should definitely- Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say,
6: um, you know, we've got the fours, which is co-ed. We've got the sixes. I mean, there's a lot of places for people to participate in this event um so you know it's got something for everybody so we're
2: excited about that i love that aspect of it that that you know people that love volleyball you know in this area or wherever san diego all the way down to here can can come up and play in this is a pretty awesome thing i'm
4: gonna well, need the a thing th- that's
6: really cool the, the thing that's really cool about the the sixes and the fours is you know we're giving we're giving everybody everything they want in those events so we've got you know we've got you know we're going to have great DJ music going on all the time, as as, as as DJ Rocher knows about that. And, you know, we're going to have, and he's going to be working the event. And, and uh, the rumor is, Gita, that you're going to come back and, and lay it on him. I mean, we're, everybody's going to yeah. be so excited about that. We might have to take out a full-page ad on that one. And uh, <laughs> and, then, and then we're going to have a beer garden, and we're going to have places for people who have fours and six teams to, you know, to, to really, you know, sort of stage their location. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Fantastic. Sounds like a great event. That's WSOBV.com if you want to check it out, the ASICS World Series of Beach Volleyball. Leonard Armato, thanks for all you do in the sport. Thanks for coming on our program, and Thank great you. luck with this event coming up in the summer. We'll certainly check in with you later. Yeah, we'll and definitely. See how it yeah, all yeah, look forward to it. You. All right, guys. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Leonard Armato, checking in. Well, I tell you what. What, like I said, what isn't in this event? You have DJ Roche's music. You have bands. You have a beer garden. You have a sixes tournament, a fours tournament, a professional tournament, a world league, or a world championship FIVB event. I mean, it's crazy. Grand Slam event. Sorry, this is a uh, this is huge. It's a, you big, know, it's a big deal. We, yeah, we we did a few events at at Long Beach, and
2: and one was what I thought was great, and uh, the other one wasn't. Um, it was uh, the one
3: where it was the last
2: one. Yeah, the last. Well, the last one was really, but but there was one right before the Olympics where Rosie and and uh, and uh, Jake Jake beat Phil and Todd. And uh, but the year before that, so I want to say 07 was 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 off the hook. I remember that one. But it always was a great. Like I loved the venue. Uh, it's big. It's open. I love that you can have a beer garden there. I mean, there's a, a Long Beach lots downtown is yeah, lots of parking. Long Beach downtown is really. Um, Really blossom and boom, So it, it's always been a cool sight for me, you know, and I just think, you know, if you market the right way and, you know, bringing in all these aspects uh, could, could make it a really fun
3: event. If the South Bay people take a chance and get out of the bubble, mm. they will not be disappointed because, A, <laughs> there's plenty of parking in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about parking. There's plenty yeah. of parking. And the venue is going to look great. Well, hopefully
0: you can get the Orange it's County. It's only the, 25 uh, minutes door-to-door. No doubt. That's yeah. what I'm saying.
3: But, like, you think, even I would think, I mean, man, Long Beach is so far away, but it's at the northern part of Long Beach. So it's yeah. not like you're going, like... Super like LBC Snoop Dogg Long Beach, you know yeah. what I'm
2: saying? What do you think about um, what he had to say about the AVP and, and, and everyone kind of, uh, you know, working together, prospering together?
0: people have to find whatever level they're at it was interesting he said the NVL is more of a grassroots organization i don't know that albert thinks of it mm-hmm. as a grassroots organization but that may be his role mm-hmm. and the avp is really staking claim to that sure. professional Consistent and and the players are,
2: are looking at the AVP as that, which I think is key.
0: Yeah, and they seem to have curried a lot of favor yeah. with the players. No so question. I think that's their role. Then Leonard, of course, he's bringing in a one-off event. You're not going to have multiple FIVB events yeah. a year here in the United States. So Leonard is not a threat to the AVP or a competitor to the no. NBL. It, it's not how it's structured. He is an augmentation. Which is a good thing.
2: So it can,
3: it can finally, maybe they can help each
2: other out. Yeah, or, there's no, no
0: other
3: tournament going on that yeah. weekend.
0: So they're not stepping
3: on anybody's toes.
0: Right. And it. We've talked about the stepping on the toes issue and people trying to establish dominance. I think that's all still going on. For sure. We still don't know how that's going to shake out. We don't know. Is Donald is Donaldson a temporary solution to this? Is Donald Sun in here for a few years to see if he can make it work, to see if he can make money at it as a business? Or is Donald Donaldson Philip Anschutz? That's the question. Is he a guy who just loves the sport, committed to the sport, doesn't care what it costs, has the money to burn? Because it's expensive to run these events. I hope they are successful. We have not seen how it would happen so far, at least to get into the black for some of these events. But maybe that's down the road. But if Donald's committed in the way Philip Anschutz was committed to soccer and funding the MLS and making that a critical success and a, a sports marketing success, then maybe we're at the beginning of something great. We still don't know. I think that's the interesting part about it is we're still waiting for it to all shake out.
2: I mean, I think for all for us that have been a part of this fall beach volleyball community for a long time, you you always hope that it's going to you know uh, get back to, to to what it was and and, and beyond and I, I think you know when I watch these uh college stand championships and you know, you see how many schools are into it and how many young ladies are into it i, I you know I think that that's a great thing and and, and you know maybe maybe the time's right maybe well, the time's right for for this to to
3: boom again oh well, and we kind of talked about like albert's the n v o more grassroots related they're definitely doing a lot of things with the juniors and stuff like that yeah, they're, and doing, I, they're doing unreal things. no doubt, you know? and I look at it too like that's where people are spending money in volleyball sure. is the youth. They're not really spending it at the pro level. That's why I was actually a little surprised that this FIVB event is going to be free, um, especially in Long Beach, because there is an area where you can put it in charge and stuff like sure. that. But you know, they're one, they want to show everybody how big a deal this is going to be. And you're going to have international players. I think that's the big, besides all the stuff you're doing, the fact that you can have international USA versus whoever um, is, is a big deal. Our best one of the best events we had on the AVP was when we were in Glendale. It was USA versus Brazil. Yeah, it's a awesome. lot of fun because you're flying the flag. Yeah, exactly. Just easier to get behind teams that way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see these models, you know, that
2: they come out with, and how many teams, and you know, all these things to see uh, see how it's going to work, you know, and when you when you do smaller tournaments, 16 teams or whatever, eight teams, uh, you know, how, how do you not alienate the rest of the people trying to get there? So there has to be that qualifier
0: or slash uh, grassroots
2: you know, where people can make a little bit of money, kind of like the nationwide, you know, and,
0: and and build up to, you know, being a pro. Yeah, I don't think you worry about alienating them because you have to set the tournament structure to whatever you yeah, think is right. I, I don't I worry agree. about the emotional side of things. I do worry about the financial side of things, to your point, yeah. about providing people an opportunity to continue in the sport mm-hmm. playing and perhaps one day become a main draw or one of those elite level players. If you never provide that roadmap, your sport is never going to progress. And that's been my... My concern about the sport is from '98 to 2001, the sport didn't progress. No, it, it didn't. didn't. I was actually those were my first three years. Yeah, it didn't make any any progress as a sport moving. Forward. Digress, actually, it didn't progress. <laughs> it was, yes, so when you come back in '01, yeah, the guys from '95 are still good because nobody else has improved. Yeah, and then you go on to this since 2010 to 2013, it's been really hard. We've lost a lot of talent. I know. And we've had talent that has to work, that has to get a job, that has to go to school, to plan for the future, and just hang on, and that's affecting it, the level of play. You know, if you look from '01 to let's say
2: O let's say '08, you know, okay. peak when they won in Beijing. Yep. You know, we won two golds. It, it, it's amazing when you see you look at how the game was growing. You know, F- uh, Fanoy, what is your best player in Dax? Karch still making a run at the late age. Lambo then became an MVP, and then all of a sudden, Jake Gibb, a guy from Utah, Utah becomes an you know becomes an yeah. MVP, and then you got a team from Florida, Nick Lucena and Phil Dahlhauser, sleeping on benches, mm-hmm. uh, win a tournament, and then Phil becomes the most dominant player in the world, and then you also have a guy like Sean Rosenthal, who's a local kid. I mean, it really was you know Casey from Vegas, you know Furby, you know it, it was a great mix of talent that you know you saw the game growing. You had guys like Walkvogel, Strickland, these young guys also coming up. Uh, you know, Loomis, all these guys that were making their names as well. It was a uh, that was a really fun time, When I look back at it now. It was a really fun time. Yep. You know, to be a part of it. Was it perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, there's always going to be problems within organizations. Uh, there's problems within the NFL, and they're and, and, of course. and they're the biggest beast in the world. So, in terms of sports, so it, it, you know, it's there's always going to be issues. But the game at that time, like I remember first round draws in a tournament of 32 being nasty. Yeah, I mean, there were rarely, especially on the minute. side, were many gimme games outside of you know. Well, obviously, carry Misty, were are having you know, easy, one in the thirty-two. Rounds, but, okay, but, but, but by I'm the time saying, you got
0: to four, you were wondering.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Phil and Todd, yeah, sure they had, had some easy ones, but there were some good, good teams, and the talent was, you know, and I have got even names like Sean and John. I mean, they were, you know, you we are talking about great players and great teams that were the best player changed. Over time, the younger yeah. guys became the best players. That's when the sport's growing, what you're talking about. You know, 98 to 2001, it was still Jose Loyola, Ken Steffens, Ken Steffens ended up retiring because the game kind of went in the dump and witty. You know, there was no really, there wasn't any, there, there, there wasn't growth. No. The growth came after that when the tour got revitalized again.
0: And it was getting there. It was to the point where you had a George Romain and a Jason Ring rise up and win tournaments and you wonder if they're going to take the next step, and then they do or don't. And, but it all kind of fell apart. Read Prettywood Moonlight on there. You'd see Riley Salmon show up occasionally because it was worth their time to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was to, to give it a shot. Sure. And that was the same thing you saw back in the heyday. When you saw Steve Timmons come off a professional contract, he might play a tournament. Or Pat Powers would all of a sudden be in a tournament. After a professional contract, he would show up and play a tournament because it was just that vibrant. It was that much of a draw to the players. Listen, there's one thing that can never be debated about the sport of beach volleyball,
2: and that's why people still coach it, and that's why people still play it, and that's why guys entertained coming out there because the sport is great, and they love playing it, and and, and it is a very – it's a great environment to be around, and it's a great culture to be a part of. The game is fantastic. But it's tough to lure your best players over to the sand when there's no monetary reason to do it. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's Huge hard to get a uh, Matt Anderson to play beach volleyball. If why would he when he can make so much more money?
4: Yeah, of course.
2: Same with the indoor women. So it, you know, it, it used to be it, what I liked is when you know Reed and guys like I'm using Reed example, they had a choice. Well, I could go make money on the beach or I can make money indoor.
4: It's that's my choice. Did. Sean the beach. Rooney,
2: can I do? Yeah, Fenoy, I'm going to decide to go play beach because that tailors my game better. I mean, that's where I think.
0: The sport is at an all-time high when you have those kind of choices. You want an example? Modern day example? Young guy example? Right now, Tony Cirelli mm-hmm. comes out of USC. Mm-hmm. Wants to play beach. Trains, good, good beach player. Yeah. Wants wants to play beach. Trains to play beach all winter. What's he forced to do come springtime? Go back to the national team. Go indoor. You got to make some gotta money. Make money overseas. And so he starts to look at it differently. It's not like oh, I'll just go to the national team and make money. I mean, obviously he wants to be successful there. Sure. But that lays into your choice of what do I do? You Casey Patterson. Good for him this year. He's having huge success. We had him on the show two years ago. He's in Puerto Rico trying to grind it. in the winter because yeah. he needs the money. He said on this show, Because I needed the money, I have to have the money. You guys know,
2: you know how 95 pounds heavier know how, he was last year. You know how
0: Lambo, <laughs> 15 pounds you know how Lambo
2: tore his Achilles? You remember he went through all his knee stuff? Yep. He moved back to Italy with his wife? Yep. He went over to Greece to play a little indoor volleyball to make some cash. That's right. And, 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 and was actually trying out and stuff and actually playing pretty well. And that's he snapped his Achilles. Right. That I did not I did not know. Yeah, that. that's, that's how he true. did it. I forgot Playing that indoor, even happened. Yeah, he was that's like, right. he felt good, went back. Make some cash.
0: Yep. Yeah, you're going to continue to see those pressures on those players, and you're going to continue to see the game knock The
2: question grow. is, where does the indoor money come from
0: on the... Uh, the mob. On the chat room.
2: The mafia.
3: Well, they have more... Well, true. But they also have more support
0: from their <sighs> local governments and stuff like that. Local government, I mean, municipalities, local corporations. they are not dumping their money into
2: the NFL, and,
0: you know. <laughs> no, yeah, no, so, yeah, yeah. it's
2: not. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> no, and TV—it's on TV. TV, and there's there's people in the stands. There's butts in the stands. There's people watching on TV in Poland. There's people watching on TV in Turkey. You know that that's happening. I don't think the stands are very full in Turkey. It's just not our col- it's not our culture to go out and uh,
3: especially on a weekend to go indoor and watch a sport. Especially not during southern the summer. California. Of southern course.
0: California has struggles with professional organizations of much bigger birth than volleyball.
3: Beach volleyball does not make money in Southern California. No, doesn't no. make. The doesn't make much
0: money. Period. Like yeah. yeah, of course. No, but it's uh, it, all around the world. There are. Oh, you
2: make money in what? It's sponsorships, TV rights, but that uh, merchandise. But those models yeah, I mean, are
0: changes. None of that. None of that's present in beach volleyball. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about that a lot on this show, yeah. but overseas. The difference is, in a lot of places, like Italy, when all those big contracts were getting signed, a lot of that's black money. That's Italy. People don't remember. Italy is pretty much controlled by the mafia for a long time, and there was a lot of money being funneled through the sports leagues. Same is true in Russia right now. There's a lot of money being funneled through sports leagues and through municipalities, and it's – I don't want to call it bribes, but it's out there.
3: Don't want to call it bribes.
0: Do you, yeah, do U.S. national team members get paid? Who's this? Vinny Lopes is asking. Yeah, they get paid. They get good salary. You get a good salary to play on the national team in the summer. different levels of salary. Depending, yeah. depending on who you are, obviously. Yeah, I mean, if you're Tony Cirelli, you're not making a lot of money right but now. But you if you play anything, Stanley or Reed Pretty, who you get won gold. paid? You get paid. You're getting paid. You're doing That's well per about. month. It's not your professional team, but you're you're doing well yeah. per
3: month. Um, Let me ask: you, Where does that money come? Where does USAV's money come from to pay?
0: National team players and to pay for our beach players to go overseas. A very small amount of it comes from the USOC. A larger amount of it comes from the events that they run, the things that USAV does to bring in income, memberships, gotcha. and events that they run. A lot of it's from the juniors to support the national teams.
3: But like some of these That's been a rub at times some of these scrimmages that they do, like they'll charge fans to come in and watch those. Like the yeah, it's nominal. But
0: like nominal. some of the income will come from that. <laughs> And by some, now now Some, down. you're into point .0 okay. something. Number yeah, that, that's not where the real money is. And people think some of the real money is in the USOC. It's, yeah, I think it was 10% of the budget before, but USA Volleyball has grown immensely. <laughs> well, sponsorships, Three too.
1: too. <laughs> 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 drink,
0: drink the pink. Drink the pink. But baby. sponsorships, too, I would assume. Yeah, sponsorships. Yeah. Exactly. There, there's a, a lot of different revenue areas for USA Volleyball because this is an organization that's charged with a lot more than just running the national team. Oh, of course. And that's oftentimes the rub is some of these folks who are paying fees to be in events, paying fees to be yeah. associated with things. they oh, where's this money go? Why are we spend all this money on the national team? Well, because it's, that's part of the deal. You've got to support the highest level of the sport. And you know what? Frankly, fans ought to do a better job of supporting the, the top level of the sport, whether it's beach or indoor, period. They do a terrible job in this community of supporting the sport, of, of being a fan of their own sport. It's atrocious. If I go to a... a Junior's tournament, and I start asking how many national team players they know at a women's uh-huh. or a boys, tour- or pardon me, girls or boys national tournament. It's atrocious. They know one name or two. These are the athletes who do your sport the best. If you go to a basketball tournament and start asking some boys about who plays, or start asking some girls about who plays in WNBA, I guarantee they know a lot more names. The guys can name probably the entire roster of the Lakers. But there's also
3: LA. there's more publicity for those guys. There's more money. They for better those be able guys too the whole
0: roster. Hey, in today's in today's sports landscape, if you want to be a fan, it's out there.
3: No doubt. But if, if Reed was rolling
0: around in a drop top Bentley
3: and lived in a McMansion in Beverly Hills, more people would and know that him.
0: was publicized.
3: Yes, more people would know about it. If
0: more people knew the contracts, and I've made this argument before, people the contracts should be first of all public knowledge. People still secondly, think Gabby secondly,
2: Reese is the best volleyball star.
0: Yeah, they do. That's the <laughs> most popular name outside of Karch is Gabby Reese. Well, I mean, and and Misty and Carey have McCary, cut yeah. into that. Yeah. Oh, somebody asked on the. But tip. not not for older people though, dude. True. If you ask people in their 40s, oh beach volleyball, oh Karch, oh Gabby Reese. <laughs> Every time, yeah, I think Misty and Carey have owned the younger generation. But beyond uh, Misty and who else? Uh, Brian. Nobody. Brian has a good question. He, he said, "Here's
2: my question: Why should the fans come out? I mean, for me, why would you come out to any sporting event? Because right. if you love why the sport, any... you're entertained, uh, and, 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 and it's a great sport. And uh, you know, yeah, if you don't like it's the sport, like yeah, need yeah to I mean, show if you don't up. like to socialize and go to events, and that's fine. Go to sporting events and see great volleyball players, then, then yeah, then it's not for you. But uh, I, I think that's you know, for me, it's." There's no question people should go support events.
0: Matt Anderson is six foot ten. He touches twelve three. You might want to come out and watch that. That's awesome. By the, the way, the guy's
2: fun to watch. Yeah, I mean if you like volleyball, if there's you no like question it. about
0: it. Yeah. You know, let's take a break, Jeremy. Short break. We'll have some more topics on the other side. We also have Courtney Thompson coming up from the women's national team. She's coming off a season in Poland. That's an hour
2: right there, radio buddy. Three time all American. He's done. He's out. I was kind of trying to test my stamina.
0: We'll have uh, Matt Anderson on the show later as well from the men's national team coming off the first weekend of World League. And right around the corner, we'll have Coach's Corner. We'll hear from Mike Seeley, head coach at UCLA for the women and consultant coach for the men's national team. Right back on The Net Live. Just one night
1: all we got. Just one night all we got. Just one night all we got. Just one night all we got. I ain't got time for you, baby. Either you're mine or you're not. Make up your mind, sweet baby. Right here. here.
0: Welcome back to the Net Live here on uh, Volleyball Magazine's website and via iTunes. On the 10th of June, we had Leonard Armado talking about the World Series of Beach Volleyball. That is the A6 World Series of Beach Volleyball, WSOBV.com. And uh, co- some good comments on the chat board. Uh, Brian McDermott, I think, commenting that we hear the same complaints over and over. <laughs> I'm with you, Brian. And things just don't don't change, and we have to diversify the, the areas of thought here. And I think that's one of the things that Leonard is doing, to his credit, He's trying to bring in some of those other things and diversify the way the event is being run and revenue streams and possibilities and attractions to uh, a beach volleyball event. There's, there's a lot that needs to be done in the sport, and it's a long process. And so when you listen to this show every week, sometimes the same topics come up. That happens for sure. Can we run the Coach's Corner music? Because we have a, a good Coach's Corner bit of audio this week. caught up with Mike Seely. Mike Seely, one time member of the US men's national team, multi-time national champion at UCLA, played professionally overseas for many years, including Switzerland, Belgium, and other places. You're right there, Geter? Yeah, thanks. He's up on the cigarettes. And then embarked on a coaching career, which saw him go under the tutelage of Dave Shoji out there in Hawaii where he no doubt had a lot of barbecues with the Shoji family, an opportunity to meet those boys who are now on the men's national team before Mike himself returned to UCLA as head of the women's program, where he promptly won a national championship and had a great team last year, although it didn't end the way he wanted, because certainly he wanted to go back to the championship game. He's spending a little time with the men's national team this summer, As a consultant coach, part of that new age, new wave, new blood that's getting into the game on the coaching side, and we had an opportunity to catch up with Mike, I did, in the airport coming back from Wichita yesterday, so here's Mike Sealy. All right, assistant coach for the men's national team, Mike Sealy, is that accurate? Uh, More of a consultant coach. Consultant coach, okay, tell me about being a consultant coach. This is something a lot of guys do, a lot of coaches do for men's and women's teams each other's teams junior national teams how is it integrating yourself into a team you're going to be with for just a little while and be gone
7: yeah because of the recruiting stuff at UCLA I knew I was only going to be around for uh probably the first month of training and the first two road trips it was basically just to train the setters kind of get them up to speed and, and as consistent as can be and I've been doing a lot of serving hitting mechanics with individuals that I've really enjoyed how open are the players to feedback from you Uh, They better love it. No, I think they're good. I haven't had any resistance with everybody. I think they've all seen some good positive results and are pretty excited about uh, improving.
0: Is this a a new situation for you to be stepping into the men's national team, a team you used to play for?
7: Um, No, it's it's very similar to what I did last year going into London with Alan Knipe and the guys, so it's pretty much the same role.
0: Okay, I don't know where else to go. What else do I need to know about what you were doing?
7: I would explain everything. There's not a whole lot going on right now. We're trying to figure out as we
0: go. Tell me about the setters in this young group. We have Shoji this weekend. We had the experienced uh, Blankton's name, Thornton, yep. And then we'll have a couple of other young guys perhaps next week. But what's the overall feeling about the setting?
7: I'm just trying to get them all setting a pretty consistent ball so hitters can kind of get in sync. We're trying to run some really fast stuff to the pins and the back row attacking as quick as it is. I want them to give the hitters a consistent look and their their individual cadence, so the hitters know, hey, I got to be on right step when this guy looks like this, when the ball's in hand. So making sure that all four of them don't set the ball completely different ways. Is the setter the most important guy in this particular system? Don't we all know that Kevin? Setter's most important for every team in the world. It's not the way I commentate it usually. Uh, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think the system, how how fast we're trying to go, it, it's very important the setters are, are consistent.
0: What about getting back to UCLA and now your duties there? It's going to take you back from the national team?
7: Uh, you know, I've been juggling both for the last month. Uh, recruiting starts up really aggressively in the next week, if it hasn't been in the last you know, couple of weeks as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit downtime before the, the craziness of the season starts. John's really juggling both. I mean, he's the head coach of both programs. What
0: if you were the head coach of the women's
7: national team? That wouldn't happen. You know, I think John's great because the seasons don't conflict. I think he's got great assistance in both places. So wherever he's at point A, point B is well taken care of.
0: What do you learn coaching men that you can take back with the women and vice versa?
7: Oh, man. Um, You can call me on the spot like that in the middle of an airport like this. You know, I think it's great. I don't think there's that glaring of a difference. Maybe as there, there used to be, I think it's a bunch of great, great athletes that want to get better and how to interact with them and create a relationship that fosters the nurturing and uh, improvement. That's a lot of lovely mumbo-jumbo, but how do you actually do that in the gym? Uh, my role is very similar. I mean, you walk in the gym, you're working one-on-one with an individual person, male or female, and you're, you're analyzing their technique and you know, seeing how to make it more efficient and creating that relationship. John's been
0: big into kind of the psychological approach with Andrea Becker and bringing her on board. Is that something you're incorporating into your program as well?
7: Yeah, I've, I've always felt that it's not so black and white. It's a lot of stuff, that how do you process information, how do you process an experience that will maximize moving forward with that experience. I think there is a lot of emotional trauma that comes with learning and competing in sports. And maybe we see that more in the college side. I think anyone that's moved on to the national team has kind of gone through that, that puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's real important to process information as it is and not get too emotional about it. Was it kind of cool to work with the Shoji brothers after working for their dad? I, Dave should start paying me. I've been I've been working with his kids way too long, but it, yeah, it was cool. It's cool to see Dave there. They've always been great kids. I've had enough volleyball dinners at their house. with uh, The volleyball information that goes across the table is pretty amazing.
0: Cool. Thanks, Mike.
7: You got it. All
0: right. Yeah, not my best work. There was that. On your way home? Yeah, it was after we got off the plane here, had about three hours sleep before traveling home. Did you
3: corner him and be like, hey, bro?
0: Yeah, I tried to get him on the plane, and he's like, dude, no, like, after. I'll I'll wait after, but not here on the plane. Uh, Yeah, but uh, I I thought Mike had a couple of good things to say there. And and it's always a delicate thing. If you're a coach stepping into a national team situation, although I think it's better now because it's the very first year and everything, all these new guys, they're all open to pretty much anything. It's always difficult to step in and try and give feedback Absolutely. to guys inside of a system when they've been listening to other voices.
2: you got to build up that trust
0: Yeah, and, and evaluate your, your, your players and, and see where you think they need the adjustments and that kind of stuff. It takes time. I wanted to ask Mike, do they know who you are? <clears throat> like, do they know? Do they know? I doubt they do. Really? Maybe the guys who went to UCLA have seen Mike's photo at UCLA, but I don't know that the other guys really are aware of Mike Seeley's career and what he accomplished as a player. Mm, won a national championship as a coach, too, so... Yeah, I'm sure well, that's they're, true. They're, you know, that raises his profile. So maybe they, they know him as yeah. a coach, but then he's a women's coach. you a women's
8: coach. But
0: I, I don't think that – Is that what they sound like? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would have sounded like, idiot. But, uh, yeah, it, it's he brought up some other interesting things about emotional trauma of competing. And, and that does happen. that's been an increasing focus in not only volleyball but all sports. Trying to get the mental aspect of things right instead of the old football approach where the guy in bike shorts is yelling at you, You're fine, you're fine, just
4: go, you're fine.
0: (laughs) You know, there's a lot of stuff to deal with. Um, I, I like, too, that mike is involved that mike is spending time out of his program that's beneficial for him and his experience bringing it back to his ucla women's program and i think this is a good point for a lot of young coaches out there if you have a coach that you admire a coach that you think is doing a great job or a coach that you want to know more about seek them out This, this is something i have some friends in the coaching world who do a great job of it they seek out that individual go out and find them and say hey a biter, that's what you need to do. I just Absolutely. want to hear what you have to say. I want to. I want to ask you about blocking. I want to ask you about defense strategy. I want to ask you about game planning. I want to ask you about practice planning and managing players through a season. The emotional side of managing a women's or men's team. Those kinds of things. You seek out the people who have done it well because coaching a lot like broadcasting, geeter, is an amorphous thing. You're not sure where the next opportunity is sure. coming from. There's more of a path in coaching than there is in broadcasting, but you're not really sure how to craft a strategy for yourself.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, you, the, the days of, of, of social media are, are so, uh, you know, they're overblown with uh, the, the critics and the fans and everyone having a voice. And, right. Blasting keyboard co- blasting coaches for this and, and blasting coaches for that, and everyone gets fired so fast and so quickly without given a chance to actually go through the actual journey and go through the adversity and win. And, and it takes time. And 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 people who haven't coached, it, it's really tough to explain it. I mean. There are millions of different ways of doing things. Your way might be right, but so might Kevin. So I, I should learn from you as well. And I think that's what the best coaches do. Spraw, these guys, they've learned from a lot of different people. And, and, and I mean, I, I always talk, I've told a story on this show. I remember when Tim and I, uh, in 2009, went down to Irvine and sat with Spraw. And he was kind enough to sit with us for an hour and a half and watch press show, uh, watch practice with Presh and, and Johnny and talked. And, and, and then we went back and, and put some of the stuff they taught us into our system. And we still used it today. Um you know that's part of getting better as a coach, and uh, you know the good coaches do that. The good coaches uh, absorb uh, what they learn from other people and, and and implement it into their style and system. But you have to be able to be given the time to do it. We're so quick now to get rid of people. We're so quick to who's right. that person that can get us to the next level. I mean, Jeremy, would look at Vinny Del Negro. I mean, hey, was was Vinny the right guy? Did I think Vinny was a great game coach when I traveled to Clippers a year ago? Uh, no, I saw him make some mistakes, but. But he's a good coach. And he's a good guy, and they won 17 games in a row. And best they won the regular most season best, yeah, ever. So, so for me, I I feel bad that 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 he gets fired. Uh, it, it, it's it's a bummer. I mean, he did a damn good job, but because they didn't win the playoffs, you're out. Yeah. George, well, it's
3: George Carl. Well, it's the impatience of it too, because you had if Chris Paul wasn't a free agent, would it have happened? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's just the way
2: it is, you know. I mean, but but then again, you know, you can also look and you can say, is this guy a good leader of men or women? Right. Is he? Is you know, you've you got to see. You, you have to say as an owner or fan base, or whatever, is the potential there for this guy to become one of the great ones? You know, Phil Jackson w- w- was an assistant at, at, at one point. <laughs> Someone believed in him. Right, and gave him a, a job.
0: Right, he um, was in the Puerto Rican league, and yeah, then he was an assistant for exactly. the Bulls, and then so you know, could
2: Vinny have been great? Has Mike D'Antoni been in enough places where everyone already knows who he is? Don Matting only you know, yeah. in his third year with the Dodgers. Do we want to blow him out now?
3: Don no, Madden's I, a great guy. I hope, guy. They, I hope
2: they Don a great guy, and guys love playing for him. Let the process go. Let the process go with a guy
0: like Don Manning. So that,
2: that's what's hard about coaching, man.
0: It is hard about coaching. I was looking at Greg Popovich here just to see if he was a good example. Greg Popovich, bad example of what I was trying to get at. I was looking for coaches that, yeah. that people were patient with. And you know they won and they lost and they won again those kinds of things. I was looking for that. Well, Greg Popovich, congratulations because your first year you were seventeen and forty seven. The next year you lost in the conference semifinals. You were fifty six and twenty six. Then. He won the NBA championship in a strike-shortened season because it's
3: 37-13, and 13, only 50 games. Was that the year they got Duncan? Was that Duncan's first year they won? Or was this second year? Does, do, you, do you remember? I can't remember. When Duncan 99. got drafted, was this, did they win the first year? Because they had David Robinson. He was Oliver. drafted
2: in. Kobe was 96. He was drafted in 97.
0: So the first year they lost
3: with yeah. Duncan.
2: Okay. Second yeah. year they won. They
0: won it. Yeah. And remember there was a
2: strike-shortened season, too.
0: Lost in the first round. Lost in the conference finals. Lost in the conference semifinals. Won the NBA championship. Then the conference semifinals. Then the NBA championship. The conference semifinals. Then the NBA championship. The <laughs> So, not necessarily a good example. Although they have lost in the in the last, they have not won a championship since '07, and they have lost in the first round twice. And lots of times the 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 thinking goes, oh, this coach has lost him.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: He's lost yeah. it. He doesn't have it anymore because yeah. they're not winning the championship every other year like they did for yeah. three years. Or, uh, you know, three years out of uh, five. So, Greg Popovich, let's get rid of him because he lost in the first round in 2010 and 11. Let's yeah. get rid of him. Now here they are in the finals. Yeah, but patience pays off, and you see this in sports all the time. But the evaluation of men is a difficult thing from a coaching perspective, sure. and it's also difficult from a management perspective. And many times in these organizations, you have athletic directors who have know nothing about some of the other sports that they're making decisions for. Sure. Or you have people who are general managers or sons of owners and don't really know what's going on. Well, what's so, amazing
2: is a guy can get fired, and then he goes on TV, and he's an analyst, and this is what they all do. You
0: go and you be an analyst for right. a few years, yeah. and all
2: of a sudden people forget that right. maybe you lost couple seasons in a row, and people go, man, Jeff why is Gunn. he not the coach? Yeah. He's the greatest coach. He's, you know, laughing. All He's the, making you know, all the good decisions there. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. man, when you're a broadcaster, you, you are always right. <laughs> it's easy to call the game sure, and to say what you should do because you're not in that situation. So many, you're not managing 14 players.
3: So many things you're not managing
2: – yeah, yeah, I mean, there's
3: you know, there's so many things that go into coaching. It's not just the X's and O's. Well, and like man. with Popovich, if he didn't have Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili, would he still be there? Like no, but we, those guys believe in him, and he can sit him,
2: he can bench him, he can yell at him, that's and they him, and they let him do it.
3: George Carl, coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Sorry, bro, I don't need you next year. Yeah. And by the way, he had nobody on his team, and they made it to the playoffs. Nobody, because they all got hurt. It's a strange world out there. Not to lie to you. You
2: know, uh, Brian's got a lot of activity here on the uh, on the chat room, and it's it's Garnering some some attention, so I, I mean, is he is he making people mad? No, 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 not oh. at all. I mean, he's making some great points, and and Vinny, and you know, there's other people involved too. But I, uh, you know, it's it's you know, this is not something new. I mean. I, I've been around the sport a, a long time, and, and, and I'll share an experience with you. In 1999, this might have my second year on tour. I went to New Orleans. It was probably 10 o'clock at night, and I think the Lakers were maybe even playing San Antonio in the playoffs. And we were all kind of sitting around this little bar area where the courts were right there, having a couple of beers, hanging out, getting some food. And uh, some of the young guys on tour were like Matt Unger, Albert Hanneman, LeGrand. We were all kind of sitting around. in Karch Karai, who was uh, you know much later in his career. Um, and what year? It was ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah. So he 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 was out another, there like, with Scott Friedrichson and they were running the clinics and Karch was going hard at and this is this is ten PM at night, the night yeah. before the tournament, and he was coaching and all that stuff. He ends up winning the tournament with Adam Johnson, but I just remember going, Man, Karch is a grinder but he came from the school of being out in the community and, and, and helping um People fall in love with the sport, and and it it has been done before, and and there are a lot of players that have gone out into the community and have been a part of things, but it is not that easy. We also had an era where where, where guys came up, and and they thought they didn't have to work for it because the money was there, and all they did was train, so you had to kind of deal with that era of players as well, but you have to remember this. A lot of these people have families. A lot of these people have jobs that have to pay the bills, so there's not that much time to go out and be involved in the community. Yes, it's a great uh, a- idea, and 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 I think volleyball is one of the better sports at it. Uh, it just doesn't get the notoriety and the exposure. But there are a lot of volley, beach volleyball players that coach, that are out in the community, that have foundations. Uh, so so it's it's definitely being done.
0: Thanks to AVCA for their support of Coaches Corner. That provoked a really good discussion. I like that. And speaking of someone who has grounded out, we have our next guest continues to. Grind it out. Sorry, is was the beginning of this. This is new. No. Have we used this before? I have. Well, I made Two One of my
2: favorite setters of all time coming
0: on. Is that who we got? Yes. Ah, oh, man. Love her. Yes. Speaking of your youth and your volleyball yes.
2: announcing. In my young volleyball announcing career, we went up to Washington four or five times. It was the year she won the national championship. Holly and I would do the matches.
0: It was She's on. Three time All American. A fantastic competitor. A two thousand nine Swiss championship in her professional career. She played this past year in Poland, two thousand twelve silver medalist. Something to be proud of. She's Elmers. She's the
2: glue to that two thousand five yeah. national championship team in
0: Washington. She's five foot eight, living in Atlanta Giants. She might as well be six nine. Please welcome into the Net Live once again, Courtney Thompson.
2: Hey. How are you guys doing?
0: We're Hi, good. Court. Courtney, how's your day going down there? We understand that uh, there's a new coach with the women's national team. That's what we heard.
9: We do. We got a new coach. Uh, they want to only Karch Karai, and we're very, heard... very happy to be playing for him.
0: Hey, one of the things I've heard about Karch Karai and his changes that he's making or his stamp that he's putting on the women's national team program in his first stint as head coach is that he's trying to make it a workplace. Make the uh the American Sports Center there your workplace and really get you to come to work every day and do more than just practice. Has that been your experience? And can you describe our your day for us?
9: Yeah, absolutely. Um we joke around that we you know, people say we don't have a nine to five, but it's kinda of looking that way this this quad so far. But it's been it's been great. You know, we get here around seven and start kind of rehabbing, getting ready for practice and then uh we go eight thirty to eleven thirty on the court. And we have a uh, catered lunches this year, and um, you know, with carts, there's no little things, and and everything's important in how we eat and how we recover, and and things we do outside of the uh, outside of the court as well. And um, and then we'll have another uh, training in the afternoon, maybe do some weights, and once a week uh, we do volunteering. We we've, we've been coaching up the uh, the new Starlings program. They started in Anaheim, so that's been really fun threads as well.
2: Hey Courtney, it's Geeter. Um, I'll bring you back to the to, to, to London. You know, usually if someone gets a silver medal, they're usually uh, pretty happy about it. But I think for for you guys, and it's well documented. You know, you, you, you guys wanted more. Uh, you were the best team, and, and you came up a little right. bit short. How, how how driven is this team? I, I I know Rio's a long way away, but 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 is that in the back of your minds? Right. You guys are... Yeah, you know, um, for sure it
9: is. And it, there's so many emotions that go okay. with. Uh, you know, winning a silver medal, um, and and for sure for the people that were there and that understand what it takes to get there, and then to to not quite finish what we were hoping to. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think that ever goes away, and I hope it doesn't. You know, that's something that can motivate us. And, and uh, yeah, this is such a different team, and this, there's so many young players in the gym right now that it's kind of fun to to almost have a restart and get to reshape, you know, the way we want this quad to go, and 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 the the type of team we want to have, and um, it's neat. It's neat for me to be the kind of – now that I've been through the whole process, you know, and get to see the young kids coming in and remember what that feels like. Um, Yeah, it's been been fun.
0: Have you been able to take it as a positive? We've talked on this show about silver medals and and how great an achievement a silver medal is, even though
7: popularly it gets
0: cast as a failure. It doesn't seem, in our minds anyway – to be a failure, but an incredible achievement. Have you been able to kind of process that event in that last match?
9: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It took a lot longer to kind of process that than I imagined. Um, and it just kind of went through a, a big range of emotions. But it's all about perspective. And, of course, we're all, I mean, we're so fortunate to, you know, to live in this country and to get to represent this country and to play a game for a living. Um, you know, and to get to the Olympic Games is amazing. But to, to win a silver medal is, is you know, pretty special and we know that. Um yet yeah, as competitors I think the ultimate goal is you know, you try not to be too result oriented and the whole point is to kinda of come together and, and be better than all of the individuals, you know? And as an athlete that's really fun too when you have those moments where it's like, God man, you know, you just everything clicks and anyone that's played a sport with, with a team knows what that feels like. And, and and that's what I think we're most disappointed that we just quite didn't get there with that with that team in that tournament. Um you
4: know, but hey, as far
9: Winning, yeah, we're 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 happy with the
2: silver medal. Courtney, from your perspective and and, and what you went through uh, to get on that team, uh, the way you provided the spark, uh, how much has that helped you coming into this new quad? Uh, you've always been a great leader, but just having that experience now, and you mentioned the young kids coming in, how much has that helped you grow as a leader?
9: Oh, immensely, and it's uh, it, it was a really humbling process. You know, I was uh. I failed a lot in the first three years. And, and so I guess the biggest lesson I know now and what I try to help show and also talk to the younger girls about is that it's it's always going to be hard. No matter how good you are, no matter how many Olympics you've been to, this is a hard process, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And you just take it day by day. And I guess because I've been there, I uh, it's hard to articulate. But when things go bad, it's not as, you know, I, I can understand. I don't freak out as much, you know, and I can take a deep breath and say, okay, I've been here before, this is what I need to do. And it's a little bit more objective and a little less emotional kind of roller coaster. And I think, yeah, that just comes with maturity and and being through things. And uh, I just feel like I got really tested, you know, and things were really difficult and challenging and everything's on the line and and you kind of figure out what you're made of. So for me it was like, yeah, I feel like I grew up a ton last summer and definitely learned a lot.
2: You know, my buddy here, Kevin Barnett, I remember, uh, you know, the last couple of years, he, he was always saying, you know, the talent that is in the women's gym is the best he had ever seen. Um, you have some new talent in there. Give us some of the new names of some of the young players that are in there now that, that, that are impressing you personally.
4: Um,
9: gosh, there's a bunch right now. Um, you know, some of the first thing that come to mind would be Kim Hill, an outside hitter from Pepperdine.
0: Pepperdine, she's who, great. Uh, she's
9: great. She's got a great attitude. She works hard, and she's a real good just a natural passer. You know, when you watch people pass, it just looks comfortable and she's been doing a great job. And, uh, CJ is a, a middle blocker and she's just real physical, real fun to play with, really energetic. And she's doing a great job. Jenna Haglund, maybe a little partial. She's from UW, but she's a setter. Yep. And, uh, we never played together. But she was right. Um, the sort of right after me, at UW and she's been doing a great job. And, um, yeah, I guess those would be the first three that I would think of. But it's it's cool. It's a really young group, really motivated and energetic. So it's been great. Courtney,
0: it, it's interesting to me, and maybe a sign of maturity that you throw a setter in there as a player mm-hmm. that impresses you at your own position. Oh
9: Impressive. yeah, absolutely. I uh, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic on the national team because we're you know we're all good friends, um, but we're also competing. But I I've I've found that the best way to handle that is you know, you want you want everyone to play their best. And obviously I want to be the one playing and, and getting playing time, but I want to be people out when they're at their best because um, I know it's going to make the program better. And uh, we, we've all kind of bought into that, you know. USA Volleyball is bigger than all of us, and we're fortunate to be a part of it. Um, and, of course, I want to be the one running the team in, in 2016 in every tournament up until then, but uh, I also want us to to be the best in the world and uh, whatever role I can and do to help that, you know.
2: Courtney, are you going to be a coach
0: one day?
9: I hope so. I like coaching. I like coaching. I've had a lot of good ones, so I've learned quite a bit.
0: Well, and you mentioned that you've been coaching. You've been volunteering with the Starlings organization. What do you guys get out of that? I mean, it seems like the kids would get some great touch with fantastic athletes who they admire. But what are, what are you guys as the coaches getting out of that experience?
1: Oh, yeah.
9: I, I To be honest, we I think we for sure get more out of it than the kids. But, you know, it's cool. It's nice our perspective because I think – you know, it's easy as an athlete to kind of think, you know, you're thinking about yourself all day, what I need to do to prepare, what I need to eat, how I need to rest, training. Um, and we're always, you know, you're concerned about your numbers and we're competing and you can kind of get in this little bubble where it's uh, all-consuming. And and it's nice to kind of step back from that
4: um,
9: and get perspective on the bigger picture, you know. And these kids come in here and, and they're just starting and we get to be excited about volleyball and and. Help them have fun, and we get to kind of see it through their eyes, you know. So it's it's kind of like a nice reset button for us, and it's 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 also fun to see our teammates like get on the coaching court. I mean, get on the court and coach, and and a, a lot of them I've never seen in that role, so it's it's pretty funny.
2: Hey, uh, I, I, at what time are you going to see uh, Karch today?
9: Well, they're they're actually down in Peru at the tournament, so this oh, they is are, uh, of
3: course.
9: yeah. So they're they're gone this week, and we have a, a group here training with uh, Troy Tanner and. Uh, pesto and we're training hard this week and then they'll come back
0: monday pesto is a complete legend Pest- wait uh, pesto tom pestilacy oh Pestolaci. I was yeah,
2: wondering yeah, how yeah, yeah. sorry uh, yeah everyone I mean, by, the way, by the way uh pesto a, a great passer back in his day uh i wanted to ask oh, you yeah? if you've seen the carch veins pop out when he gets angry have Have you seen oh, that man. isn't that amazing oh, man. hard to explain if, to people until you see it, it it's really something else
9: <laughs> so, I know, it's it's only funny after the fact, but I always tell people, it's like the cartoon. You know when they get red and it starts in the neck, and then you, like, yeah. slowly see it take over the face? I swear. When he gets quiet and then he starts getting red, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, we got to pick it up. He's going to blow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you
2: know, I'm, sure, yeah, and, and I'm sure you've heard, like, you know, you're, you're you're right back, and maybe there's a tip, and all of a sudden you hear this, Courtney!
9: I mean, it's <laughs> really, it's,
1: it's <laughs>
9: really fun. Unfortunately, I've heard that a few times in, uh... Yeah, I am I'm, I'm hoping to avoid that this quad. We haven't had any yet. So so far so good. We've been working hard.
0: You know, Courtney speaking of Spark being a spark as a uh, Geeter put it earlier, there's a new documentary coming out by a pair of folks from up in the Seattle area called Spark and Spark. Tell us about how this project got started and how you were approached and, and where do be I the see focus it? of it? Well, there's there's a the YouTube channel. Do you on this computer Geeter?
2: Yeah, I do, but I want a DVD sent to my house.
0: Okay. Okay.
9: Oh yeah. We can make that happen. So uh, right after the Olympics, I was home for like a, a month or two, and um, yeah, th- these guys, um Jack Hammond and Leslie Hammond, asked me to meet with them, and they had this idea, and they wanted, they love the sport of volleyball, you know, as we all do, and they just saw a big disconnect with the Olympics and kind of this level and and the how how big club volleyball has gotten in the U.S. Yet, you know, there's not much access to the national teams, or really. You know what does it mean to play professional volleyball? And I didn't know what that meant in high school, and I think a lot of girls don't. And so their idea was to just spread the game and, and get a knowledge out there of kind of a daily, uh, I, I guess, kind of like a day in the life or how how we live basically to be able to play volleyball at the Olympic level. And so it's uh, I'm it's not about me. It's just an, I'm kind of the example from the national team. And then they've talked to coaches all over the country and um. And, and parents and club players, so I think it'll be really cool about kind of where the sport of volleyball is going. And then I'm just kind of an insight about what how we go play overseas. And they were with me for like a month in Poland and got to see all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. You know, they finished filming like a month ago, and they're, the first time they're going to show it is at the Final Four in Seattle in December. Awesome. At the coaches' invention, yeah, and then hopefully from there, I think they're they're on the fundraising process, but trying to get it on TV, uh, some some way.
0: Very cool. Well, yeah, the the trailer is fantastic. A, a month—that's a long time to have somebody come <laughs> and live with you. How did yeah, how that way, work And out by group? the way, yeah.
2: great scarves in this this. this, this <laughs> uh, your scarf wardrobe is fantastic. What's that? You're, you're wearing some What's great that? scarves. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
9: Well, shoot, it was cold over there.
4: Yeah, I can tell. He
9: has everything you can get. Yeah, no, yeah, it was interesting. It was kind of a I didn't know what to expect, but I've I've known Jack and Leslie for a long time. I actually played against their daughter in club volleyball, so it was kind of cool. And for me, it it's nice to have some Americans over in Poland because I was the only one. And um, but yeah, I'm equally interested to see the final because I have no idea. I mean, they filmed forever. I have no idea what they're going to use. So
0: so a little unnerving, but. <laughs> You're not you're not sure, Courtney, if you're cast as the villain or the hero.
9: Exactly, exactly. Fortunately, I know them pretty well, so. But uh, yeah, I I don't I'm not really sure what they expect, but. It'll yeah, be, maybe they cut
0: it all up and they've used it like I hate my teammates. I yeah, can't exactly, believe just, they yeah. lost the match.
9: <laughs> as long as they bleep out the squ- swear words on the court, my grandma'll be happy. I'll be good.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> well, Courtney, give us an idea of the rest of the season, the summer, how it lays out, and what are you doing professionally next season?
9: Yeah, so we um, our first tournament is actually this week, and we have a team down in Peru, and then we have Japan's coming in July. So we have three big matches here in California, which we're really looking forward to because we do not get to play in front of a home crowd very often. So that'll be fun. And, uh, and then the Grand Prix is all of August. And then we have Norsakas in September, which is also in Nebraska, which will be great. And I, I haven't signed for next year. I'm kind of holding out a little bit. I'm trying to be a little bit more picky to get a, a good situation for me and, and, uh, you know, a better volleyball situation, I guess. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's the summer.
0: Well, very cool. Courtney, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show. We always appreciate hearing from you. And, we should uh, have Courtney come host the show with us one time when she's free. That would be awesome. I would love to I have would Courtney.
9: love to. No, thanks for having me. This has been great. I was excited about it.
0: Well, Karch has got her doing that job. That's yeah, she has problem. a job. We're going to have to yeah. go ah. to the to the training center. All right, one last question before you're out of here. Her. Do you have a new nickname, or has Karch stuck with the Humacuchin stumps? <laughs>
9: Karch has moved on. He oh. he. I don't think he was a fan of that one. So I actually <laughs> I've been going like court. Great way to put it. That
4: was awesome.
9: <laughs> yeah, he was. It was funny. He made a joke about it early on, and then was like, Yeah, I don't think he would call you that. I was like, All right. So we're, yeah, just court so far. But I'll, I'll let sure. you know if I get any other ones.
0: Okay, very good. Well, court sounds better than stumps. I would like that one better. Yeah,
9: a little bit. Either way, I didn't mind it, but it's all good.
0: Very good. Courtney Thompson is a silver medalist and setter on the women's national team and now a veteran setter. She won a title on the national <laughs> I just to say it one more time. So there you go. A history thanks, of- guys. Courtney, thanks so much. Thanks Have for a great rest of the day. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, Courtney Thompson checking in right from the ASC where she's uh, working for Carcher Drive full-time. I just want to say
2: it's been fun to be back. Thanks for showing up. Got to leave now.
0: See you next June. <laughs>
2: Well, listen. I mean, let's no once every six let's months. Let's be honest. Let, let's November maybe. Let's let let's be honest. I'm cut out of the open of the show. <laughs> and Reed
3: is also cut out.
2: <laughs> the people don't care. No, they care. You guys don't care. Well, we- what's the point? I'll come back in a couple months if you want.
0: Don't play the pity card. <laughs> don't play the pity
2: card. <laughs> oh, oh boo- 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 Reed goes golfing. <laughs> Dustin gets some weird part time job.
3: Um, <laughs> it's only a matter of time before I go on tour, and then this show is just the toast. Where are you going on tour? Well, this weekend I'll be in Vegas. Uh huh. And then I'll be out of town for two weeks
0: after that. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, so you got to be here because it'll just be me and nobody tunes in for those shows. What do and, have? Monday uh, I'm around.
3: My group, The Suicide Doors, we have our first live performance July 5th. Do ya? And it's just a matter of time do before ya? I blow up even more than I'm blowing up right now. Obviously, world-class DJs are going to be at the FIVB event. And since they haven't booked anybody else except for me, yeah. they're really just talking you, about me. You could be the guy. And by the way, Leonard... Uh, Made that public knowledge. I hadn't told anybody about that. Yeah. but you know, Gitter and I will be back together again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Breaking do you think? News here do you think that that'll be in the paper like it was when Phil came on and said him and Rosie were playing together, and then April said that her and Carrie were to playing together, and that was in the paper? Do you think it'll be in the paper that I'm DJing the FIVB event? What kind of paper? Recyclable? Well, what if Recycled? I I can write it in the paper? I guess if I want. <laughs> I,
2: I think I'm gonna do some M sync from Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
0: I think. Uh, It's always good to celebrate people's employment here on the show.
3: Yeah. Sorry, I can't give you any high fives, Kevin. You get nothing.
0: Sorry, Kevin. That's what happens.
3: That's what happens. Geeter's a basketball guy, but still steals jobs from me. It's weird how that works,
0: dude. Yeah, I kind of messed I, up. I told him I've given up. Right? Guy, I've given this guy a job. That's here's the, the natural order of things, right? Birds in the sky, fish in the sea. Yeah. Geeter does something, he moves on to something better. I take Geeter's leftovers. Sunday and Marlo and Geeter keeps
2: moving. In, he doesn't come back? Are in their seventies and they're still the voices of volleyball. Gieter, they're still getting the NBC job, so I don't want to hear it. Man. When the fish crawl out of done, the sea, I was sick of waiting in line, so I left the sport.
0: When the fish Crawl out of the sea and started breathing air. They didn't jump right back in the water and try and breathe the water again. You can't keep coming
2: back. Listen, Barney, you, you've got football now. I mean, what about all those little Fox gigs, buddy?
0: I keep seeing every- – Echo
2: Entertainment, you're now their boy. You know what, I used to be their guy.
0: You know what I love? Hmm. I love when I get a new job and they're showing me highlights of how it's been done in years past. It's always your mug. Oh,
2: see? And look or the lead-in
0: to my show is your mug. And listen
2: – and look at they want something new. That means I'm had. I'm done. I'm old. No one wants to hear me anymore, dude.
0: <laughs> I've had my time.
2: Don't let Time Warner figure that one out. Listen, I've had my time. Uh, no question about it.
0: Well, we appreciate old boys
2: falling. That means nothing.
0: We've appreciated your time today. Thanks for coming All on. Right, All right, kids. All right, Geeters checking out, but uh, we still have show to go. Matt Anderson coming on the program. He will be here shortly. And still. Drink the pink, BioSteel. We're going to give away a package of Drink the Pink. You could be Drink the Pink if you can answer the question. We'll have it up next. You're drinking some. You're drinking some right now. Yeah, it was good. Delicious. It's good. My kids like it too. Drink. So thanks to BioSteel, we had them on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm I'm liking their products. Been having the recovery shakes and uh, all that good stuff. G.G. Rocher, spin up a little music. We're going to take a short break here, and we will be right back with the Drink the Pink question and U.S. Men's National Team star and captain, Matt Anderson. Back to the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. Big thanks to AVCA for supporting the show, Volleyball Magazine for being behind us, Inspire Institute, all people that are helping to bring this program to you most every week. Note to listeners, we won't have a show next week. We're taking a week off, but we will have a show the next two weeks. Lots of stuff to talk about, I'm sure, with World League going on. And eventually beach volleyball events will happen.
3: I think the uh, FIVB is in Hog or something soon. The Hague? Hague, sorry. <laughs> the Hog? I was, there, yeah. That would be that in the South. That would be yeah, in the South. That would be in Mississippi. My bad. They're in the, yeah, I think they're on the road for two weeks at least. I think some of the players, I think Lauren was going to be on the road for like five or six in a row because um, she had a meeting, and then her and Brittany finished second in an event this past weekend. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a, uh, I'd have to some look. in France. Yeah, but I don't know She's what it
0: was. Or the Louvre. Yeah, but I don't here. know
3: what the event was because the um, like Jen and April weren't there. So I have to look into that. But they got a second, so congratulations to them. And then uh, Bill and Todd are going to be back in The Hague after uh, I heard Phil had his baby, so he's now a father. So see how Bill my-
0: had his baby? Bill had his baby. This is Bill.
3: Yeah. I don't like your attitude every time you correct me on that. I'm here. I'm just eating some almonds. Yeah, stop eating and talking on the radio. Well, earlier, it's not good radio, Kevin.
0: Earlier I was drinking the pink. now I'm eating the nuts. So I don't know
3: what's going on here. Uh, I will clip that for sure. There are lots of things I haven't – I've been so busy I forgot to clip things, and I look at my notes of things that you've said or that I've said, and I'm just like, I really need to get
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good times. Get those. Yep. Here is our question, our trivia question. If you want to drink the pink, if you want some BioSteel sent direct to your home free of charge, courtesy of this program and the good folks at Biosteel. You need to email us, then at live at gmail.com. And you need to tell us who are the last five players of the year for the USA men's and women's national teams. Interesting. The last five. Last five, 2008 through 2012. So ten total answers, men and women. You got It's a little research. you going to have to find it. You might have to click on more than one webpage to figure it out.
3: And you get some free pink.
0: You will get some some pink. So I like it. you're going to have to email us at uh, thenetlive at gmail dot com. There it is. If you want to drink the pink, send it in. Drink the pink.
3: Drink you've the been pink. drinking the pink. Like you've since we've gotten. You know we have the net lab got a little supply. I noticed that I didn't get as much as you got for some reason. I don't know where my stash is, but I'll look for it after the show.
0: Well, we have to give some away. No, I know, and but the kids drank all mine. Well, that's what I'm saying. So
3: like for some reason, like when I picked up the. Uh, Psycho from Brook.
0: I made sure you got your allotted assortment. You get a few more before you go.
3: I got two little tiny packs, <laughs> Kevin.
0: <laughs> you will get more before you go. It's okay, it's just Jim. saying.
3: But some I know I'm. You're international. I know I, uh, I, know I weigh out. a buck sixty-five right now. I'm a little skinny-fat at the moment. Hurt my ankle. Hadn't been working out as much, but I, I work out. And you were drinking some weird green drink on your way. Green smoothie that Nicole makes for me almost every morning. It's Delicious, please. Uh, there's kale. There's lettuce. There's an apple. Whoa. There's a pear.
0: Yeah, because you gotta cut the kale with something. Yeah, That actually, to be honest with you, I don't really, I don't taste the kale at all.
3: I'll tell you that right now.
0: Kale banana smoothie, one of my favorites from uh, Life Kitchen. Oh, nice. Not smoothie king. Not smoothie king. Um, but it's good. It's you know what I feel
3: Nicole has been on a whole different food diet plan. Like basically, when I eat at home, I'm a vegan at this point. That's basically how it rolls. Really? When I'm not at home, that is not the case. But when I am at home, there is
0: no. Yeah,
3: but which is fine, and I, you know, I find myself craving some of these
0: foods that she's been making, and I have no issues with it. So all of your trips from the house start with I'm going to stop at McDonald's. Then, <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. I'll be home to have quinoa and broccoli, but first I'm going to get a quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry and a chocolate shake.
0: <laughs> Actually, go to In-N-Out, have a double double. It's a lot yeah. better for you.
3: You are what you eat, Kevin. That's, That's what true. they say. That's true. And I'm looking at it. Food is fuel. Not, not. I'm trying not to look think at I've it. I got that T-shirt. Yeah. It's food is fuel, yes. Sometimes I crave a fillet, but not that often.
0: And there are times where food is fuel, and that's all I'm considering it. Like I'm going to a place and I just want some calories, and I want to be decent calories, and I want to be done with it because I have something else to do. Correct. I remember having those feelings. You know, I thought getting back to Courtney Thompson for a second, I thought she great interview. She had a great point in there. In In asking her about the Starlings, and she said, you know, at times being an athlete is all about yourself. Because you are, you're trying to get ready for the next practice. You're trying to make sure you've eaten the right thing. You're trying to get stronger in the gym. You're trying to make corrections with your technique on the floor. You're doing a lot of different things that are focused on you. And it's easy to get lost in that focus on you and not remember that you're on a team and that the team stuff matters. And it's tough when you're a new athlete, a young person coming into that program, and you're expected to make all these individual changes. How are you going to be a member of the team when you're so focused on making your own changes? i would never really thought about it in that way and the pressures that that presents.
3: Think about how much better of a teammate
0: you would have been. Yeah, if I if I entered
3: now. Well, it's hard. Though. I mean, at that young level, at that young right. age, like I asked you off air how old she was. You were thinking 25, 26, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a young age to be thinking – 29? She's 29, no, yeah. Well, but,
0: but I was thinking of Courtney as younger, but she's been on the, around for a while.
3: Gotcha. Well, she said, too, like she's rooting for – you asked her, like you're rooting for your backup setter, the person that could take your job. And That's she's like, I runner. just want, you know, what's I want USA to be number one. She obviously wants to be running the team is she's, what she said, but she wants what's best for Team USA, which is a great teammate to have. Absolutely. Probably makes her a better – not only a better teammate, but a better player as well.
0: She's just a good person. When you talk to Courtney, she's just she's awesome. By the way, she's twenty eight, will be twenty nine, so check yeah, out. Yeah, she'll All be right. She'll be calling back, freaking out on you. All right. She's born November fourth, nineteen eighty four. Do math on that, so yeah, she's she is a very mature person. And I think part of the reason for that is that she's five eight. She's never been the tallest, the strongest, the fastest, the whatever. Mm-hmm. She's always just had to be the best somehow. And where you, you look and go, wow, that team's winning and that setter is awesome, even though she's all these things. So yeah. she has that specialness outside of whatever the God-given talent was or the, the genetic lottery that she didn't win.
3: Yeah. One, well, I don't hide the fact that I don't know that much about the indoor players in the game. But I remember in the Olympics when she came in because Lindsay got hurt, I I didn't know her before that. Yeah. And watching her play, I was like, I felt very confident and had no issues with her being in there, and then obviously getting to know more about her, like, researching and stuff like that. Like, I'm telling you, it's a teammate that you would want to have, and Karch is, I'm sure, thrilled to have her in the gym. That's what she exudes, is that confidence yep, and that positivity. And, boy, from the setter position, it's great to have that. And because for somebody at her height, and especially the way volleyball is now, like, she could be easily discouraged, like, oh, I'm not tall enough, I'm not fast enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not whatever, but she doesn't have that attitude. She's super confident, which you need to be in that position. And oh, every time I see her, I feel like she has a smile on her face, too.
0: Absolutely. Well, and she said, you know, take the time to understand that you're getting paid to play a game. Yep. You're getting paid to hit a ball around a gym.
3: It's called looking at the big picture, kid. Are you wearing an Atlanta, Falcon, Atlanta Falcons hat right now?
0: Well, yes, I am.
3: Is it because it's a bird? I thought you were an Eagles fan. Any bird will do?
0: Any bird in the flag football realm, yeah. We're uh. We're the Falcons this year. Oh, okay. My son wanted a change. He had like seven Eagles jerseys.
3: He's heck like, I need a switch. I need a new color. It yeah. can't just be green and black. All Eagles, the
0: time. Eagles are my favorite team. My younger son cheers along because he likes stuff I like at yeah. this point. But he, he also likes the Packers. His brother likes the Packers. That's fine. So fine. But he wanted a change. So I said, you know, this isn't my deal. <laughs> I'm the coach. It's not just my deal. And it's funny because we are kind of a club league. And so you change the brand a little bit, and people are kind of like, oh, well, wait a minute, we're the Eagles. Yeah. We can change the name. We could be something else. Yeah, why not? So, yeah, we're the Falcons. So I have Falcon jersey, Falcon hat. Strangely, Is this your first
3: year being the Falcons? Yeah. Maybe you will win the Super Bowl or whatever championship you're going for. If
0: not, we're the Bills next season. So <laughs> you're quick. just going to switch it up? <laughs> we're going to be the Bills. So I was thinking today, if we lost again, would we be the Eagles? But the Eagles kept losing in the NFC championship. So if we kept losing in the semifinals, we would be the Eagles. Gotcha. Gotcha. If we uh, if we keep losing in the Super Bowl we're the Buffalo Bills.
3: <laughs> hey, at least you keep getting back.
0: And Courtney had some great comments there about being a runner up, speaking of that. Yep. And and having an Olympic silver medal. Remember, Olympic silver medal is unbelievable.
3: Not a lot of people can say that. I uh, just think it's twelve
0: it, out of uh, seven billion. Yeah. I think it
3: is tough though because when you you win the bronze medal. Right? in if you're playing in a sport like this you lose the gold. Right. And you get silver. So like people like of course it could be a disappointment because you lost your last match. At least for the bronze, you won your last match.
0: Right. And I so think that's where some
3: you. Yeah, but like now I look at it, um and you're like, yeah, that's a silver it's a silver medal. I have a silver medal from the Olympics and uh DJ Rochet, you will never have one. So you can't say anything about it. And I never would.
0: And and we've said that before. It trickles all the way down to the JOs. I went to the boys' JOs last year, and this, the silver medal teams are always pissed off. Of course. Of course. The if you lost your
3: happy, You've lost your last match. Belts. Yeah, you've
0: lost your last match if you have the silver. And I remember telling a kid, hey, man, the silver, you'll reflect on this. It'll be okay. No, I won't.
3: Like, okay. You, whatever, bud. Well, in that young age, too, it's tough. But And in the competitive realm, like I, I could see you not being thrilled with the silver medal at first.
0: It is hard to parse the fact that you arrived at that tournament, that event, that championship match. You gave it your best. You did your best. And it was either good enough or it wasn't because it's not really in your hands outside of the fact that you gave it your best. It's in it's in your hands to either do the work necessary leading up to it, do the work necessary the night before, getting some sleep, or making the right choices for whatever and this applies to business, this isn't just sport, but no, whatever sure. whatever your choices were leading up to that moment. If you made the right choices, if you did everything you could to produce a positive outcome for that event, for that sales pitch, for that sale, for that opportunity to represent a client, for whatever it may be, that that gold medal match, then you can leave no matter the result with the knowledge that you did everything within your power. Now you may have done something differently, but you did everything within your power to make that a success. Well, and I
3: think human nature to those could be like, "Oh, I could have done one thing. I could have done this differently." Hindsight yeah, is always twenty-twenty, yeah, yeah. 20, but in the moment, you're like, "It's the butterfly effect." At that point, of though. course. Well <laughs> so let me ask you this, and I think I know the answer, but like, is Reed as disappointed in? Not even making the medal rounds, like losing their last match in this last Olympics, as somebody would be in the immediate aftermath of not winning the gold. Like you still got a medal yesterday in the medal rounds, blah blah. blah but that immediate loss of great, yes. in that exact moment, you think he's as disappointed
0: as if you made the medal,
3: the gold medal match and didn't win. So it. you
0: either have a silver or you lost in the quarters, and are you equally disappointed? In that exact, moment, that exact, like exact like moment, in yeah. the
3: long run, like Reed would you be, Reed would be stoked with a silver medal right now. Yeah, like but, now.
0: Right. No, in, in that moment, you are equally disappointed because okay. you've lost that match. And, I, and athletes at, at a, most any level, certainly athletes at that level, expect to win every time.
3: True. Well, and at that point, too, you've – yes, the women's team came closer this last year because they were in the gold medal match, so you're closer to the gold, but you're also – the men's team was in the Olympics, so you're in – the tournament to play for that medal. So you've come that no, you're far. There.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like you're that, you're that close to it. And you went through pool play, which is a nightmare. Pool play can go bad after yep. the 2000 team. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's, it's tough. I remember giving Lindsey Berg a hug outside the arena after the gold medal match. Yeah. And, and I said to her, I said, Hey, two silvers is unbelievable. No doubt. Congratulations. Congre- Cause it was kind of like a funeral. Cause they were the best team. They should have won that match. Yep. They'll win the match nine times out of 10. I know. They had done all the work, put in all the effort, all the focus, done everything, right? The staff, the players, the
3: support network, USA Ball, everybody. And crushed them in game one. Crushed
0: them. Crushed them. And they <laughs> took a breath.
1: But, <sighs>
0: but they had done everything that they could. They'd gone through that process, right? And, and upon reflection, that's the saving grace, is upon reflection, that all happened. Correct. You did all that. But in the moment it was a funeral. And I just I said, Hey, congratulations. Yeah. Two silvers is Yep. Unbelievable. Well we had her on the show not long after the Olympics too, and she, you know,
3: reflected on it just like you're reflecting on it right now. Like I have two medals from the Olympics. June and April. Yep. Same thing.
0: Silver medal to be celebrated. Well look, I think. The fact that they lost to Carrie and Misty,
3: obviously they didn't want to lose to Carrie and Misty. But if they would have lost to like Brazil in the finals, they would have been a lot more disappointed than they were right now. With like, I see Jen and April championing, championing, can't, championing, championing. That doesn't. There you, uh, go. you Yeah, their silver medals around
0: as right. they should. Right. You know, and I, I like to see that. So. And because they played Misty and Carrie, it becomes a USA success. They get, they get brought along with that, right? Correct. It's like my announcing of 08. I'm forever being dragged along to things because of that '08 team because yeah. I'm the announcer. Yeah, I just yeah, happened yeah. to be there. Yeah. Perfect. And I didn't do anything to make it happen. Uh, I just was the announcer. So I'm, I'm forever somehow associated with it. And there's always those people that are associated with an event even though they're not the actual player.
3: Well, of course. It's like when USA Hockey beat Russia. Was it Al Michaels? Al Michaels Miracles, like he will always be interviewed about that because he said that. Right. He didn't he didn't put his lace up the skates. He wasn't in, no. in the goal. He just was announcing. He, he was but, there. but and he was, he
0: was part presence. but he's part of the moment, like you were part of the moment. Right. You're part of that overall global view of the moment. Yep. Like Richard Williams, parent of uh, Serena and Venus. Yep. He it, too much so, but he forever is a part of yeah, them of and their success, right? Tiger was it's,
3: dad. Same Exactly. Thing. Yep. Exactly. Well, the thing with uh, Jen and April too is that they are from that gold medal match. They're the only team that's still together. Misty's not playing. Carrie's right. still out there. Yes, she right. just had a baby, so she hasn't really played then. Um, but you know, Jen and and they weren't supposed to be together.
0: Correct. Right. Correct. Supposed to be over. Correct. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point.
3: Look at look at you. Look at both of us getting comfy all of a sudden. Yeah. Just hanging out. How old is Matt Anderson, speaking of our next guest coming up, really? i say 26. Still a young man. He is. Reaches 12'8", apparently.
0: I'll tell you what. <laughs> He'll be 13'7", by yeah. the time he gets on the show. Here. Not
3: only does Casey Patterson now weigh 250, but Matt Anderson is touching 15.
0: <laughs> He's touching 15. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Matt Anderson is, uh, is young. Quite young. Uh, they actually have Matt Anderson Day. Up in West Seneca, New York now. Did you know that?
3: Matt I Anderson I don't Day.
0: know where West Seneca, New York
3: is, but I'm glad that but they But when have... you're there, you will know. Is there a sign, like when you drive into town, that says, home of Matt Anderson? It should. It's awesome.
0: Quiz question. Somebody put it on the chat board. What's the hometown of Johnny Carson? Interesting. Hometown of Johnny Carson. Name it up.
3: Is now this the same because Matt Anderson? Like, I don't know oh, what this
0: makes me think of it. It's just one of those things that, you know, you drive into town and it says... Outside home. the town. Home. Home of Johnny Carson. Oh, we'll see. Should say home of Matt Anderson. Born in 87, Matt Anderson. So he's 26. There you go. He's had an okay career so far. Where did he play in school again? I forgot. Penn State. That's right. Left a year early to go to Korea. Big contract. He's come along at the right moment, boy. Congratulations to Matt Anderson's wallet. <laughs> he has come along. Congratulations. At the right time.
3: To your bank account. That's
0: right. Your bank account should write a thank you letter to you. <laughs> he has come along at a good time for being a volleyball athlete and being a great volleyball athlete. He's born in Buffalo from West Seneca. anybody put on the chat board yet?
3: No. Chat home, board's kind home of Home with Johnny at the Carson.
0: They're listening to us. Kill time. Well, yeah, but we had a good discussion. At least sometimes we kill time. We don't have a good discussion.
3: <laughs> Hasn't been a lot of drinking today, except you did mention flag football, and yes, that is a drink. I think I was wondering. <laughs> Anytime, when in doubt, it's a drink.
0: Yeah. Let's take a short break. Sure. We'll have Matt Anderson after the turn here. We'll talk to him about World League. We'll talk to him about being a captain, about being a leader, and the demands that that puts on a young man.
3: Should, can I you give me before.
0: some warning? Black, no.
3: Black Keys. Boom.
0: You get a Casey Patterson boom on that. Play? Every
3: time I ask you a question,
0: your first response should be Stevie Wonder, just in case.
3: <laughs> and then you can go with your gut instinct.
0: Then I can go with my actual answer. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like a boom to be uh, booted up next time, please. Wow. I don't want to ruin the song with the boom. All right. Hey, Matt Anderson is probably still in video. Talk about the demands of a day on these athletes is no different on the men's side than it is on the women's it is a full-time job
4: K-O-B. over there
0: so they started video about 45 minutes ago imagine that is still happening right now so we're sitting here paging through our volleyball magazine latest issue the may issue has austin rester on the front looking as usual tall and buff
3: there's been one since then
0: hasn't there i think there is it's just not a, maybe there is one more it's probably over there but i'm looking at the may issue and looking at Austin Rester's abs, I'm amazed. And then I'm on uh, page 22, and there's a strange-looking red bird here. Ah. And it appears to be the DJ Roche logo. Yep. And it says, Summertime Madness. You have a, a playlist here. little playlist. Every uh, every volleyball magazine has a little
3: music playlist for me. That one was pretty good. And then uh,
0: Alabama Shakes, Hold On. That's the old song by them, right?
3: I don't know. It depends on what you mean Last by old. Last
0: year? It was Grammy-nominated. It's a great song. Yeah. Agreed. Passion Pit, ASAP Rocky, never heard of them. Willie Moon, I'm not guessing that one. Major Lazer, I've heard of them once. Drake, yes. Usher, yes. Rihanna, uh, yep. Icon of Pop, nope, not so much. I think every
3: month I have a music article. You should add that to your playlist on your iPhone.
0: Just each one of those. Just I should go it to in. iTunes immediately yep. and purchase them.
3: And those articles are uh, on Volleyball Mag's website. And the next issue, which they put up online, too, has uh, a little summertime reggae playlist,
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, I think would help you out, make you look cool to your friends, Kevin.
0: I would like to look cool to my friends. I'm not generally cool. Looking at some of these things. Madison just finished video. He should be popping up here shortly. I'm looking at some of the workout advice they have going here in Volleyball Mag, some uh, pro-am reports. Some NBL stuff, photo shoot with a new gear for the year for suits and play gear, and then a big article on beach volleyball, and then also John Spraw. So all this, I mean, this is good stuff. Volleyball Magazine, I know folks have had some issues with it in the the recent past about where it was going and ha- where it was headed, but, uh, you know, folks are doing some some work over there. They're putting in some new stuff, and look next month for a new ad from uh, The Net Live.
3: I'm excited about that. You asked me the other day for some high resolution photos I did and then I sent them to you and I got no response from that so I'm curious what do you plan on doing with it huh. Huh. I sent you all legit photos so I'm not upset
0: with how you it use them it I'm doesn't gonna, mean we're going to use them for legit because I'm going to look good I'm still going to look good regardless alright cue up some, some tunes because I think the video session's over it's time to talk about it instead of just being told about it this kid had his coming out party happen Last year at the 2012 Olympic Games, if you watched the men's team as they tore it up through pool play, you saw this man rise above the rest. He can go 12 feet plus, rare air in any sporting endeavor, forget just the world of volleyball. Joined the U.S. men's national team in earnest back around 2008, early 2009. Had great success at the Junior World Championships and also with Penn State University Prior to that, been making a living as a professional player from Korea to Italy and in Russia this past year. So welcome in USA current captain Matt Anderson.
8: Hey, how's it going, going guys.
0: Hey, thanks for uh, jumping on a video. How did it look? What's the uh, what's the recap on the weekend 1-1 split with Argentina?
8: Well, we uh, oh, we, came uh the game weekend game? kind of uh a little nervous, I would say. You know, a lot of us, it's our first time out there playing and playing together. Um, but overall, we were able to come over, overcome some uh, little mishaps in the first match and turn it around great for us and on Saturday.
0: Could you feel that nervousness in the warm-up the first night? Yeah, I would
8: say we, I felt it more so in the servant pass before the match. You know, just misconnections, little things that normally for us are not even a questionable aspect of our game, and with just little misfires here and there, and it just it definitely transferred over into the match,
0: yeah, I felt like you could see it before you guys were were ready to play the match, just there was extra pepper going on all over the place, like people had to do something, they couldn't stand there, they had to go do something with the ball it was uh It was exactly. very interesting but but I think also a good thing, need to see that from all the young players that are out there, and we mentioned that this was your first weekend as captain. And really, mm-hmm. the first time you've been called on to be the old guy on the team, how different is that for you?
8: Um, it's a little different. You know, more so for me, I
0: feel it off the court, you know,
8: trying to set a good example that way. Uh, but on the court, I try to just play and, and try to let my actions kind of lead the younger players or the newer players to the team. Because most of these guys have played overseas already, and they get good action that way, and the experience I get of just playing with all the pressure. Um obviously it's a different pressure with the national team. You feel a little bit more of uh, a passion and a, an honor to play for this team. But you know, it's nothing that I can personally say to them. They just gotta kinda figure it out themselves.
0: Yeah, when you knew you were gonna be captain, was that kind of a, a cool moment for you to know that, that bar was going to be underneath your number?
8: Yeah, it it definitely is a huge honor, not only just playing being able to play with the team and then to be asked to be the captain of the team, it's it's great.
0: You know, you mentioned some of the off-the-court stuff, and, and I think back to the beginning of your career, and there were some rumblings about maybe the way time was being managed by a young Matt Anderson on the team. Did some of that experience play into into what you uh, you talked to other guys about or how you behave now, and, and what have you learned about managing yourself off the floor?
4: Yeah,
8: um, well, geez, I was fresh out of college, I got paid quite well to play in Korea for a year and it was kind of on lockdown over there. So when I came home, it was kind of like letting a a two month old puppy just run on the the beach, you know? So,
4: um,
8: yeah, I was, uh, I was a little too energetic, I guess you could say with my time off the court, but, you know, again, I don't think if anybody personally said anything to me, I would have changed. It was something that I had to go through and learn myself and, in the last four years, I've really become in tune with my body and, and know now what I can and cannot do.
0: Yeah, interesting you say you may not have been open to it or listened to anyone who told you otherwise. And I think of Andrea Becker and her role with uh, UCLA, but now with the national team as well, with her connection to John Spraw. And the issue we've talked about on this show, about the athletes having to be open to that, how open are you personally to utilizing Andrea Becker and and her uh, abilities?
8: Um, well, I worked with uh, Ken Viza in the last quad because he had a connection through Alan and with us. And um, You know, I'm not too much of an analytical player. I kind of like to just keep my mind out of it and just let my body do what it's trained to do. But Andrea's a great asset to our team. and I even you know, After the first match, I definitely went right to her and tried to sit down and talk with her and just work some stuff out, some minor details, because like I said, it wasn't big things that were are making all the mishaps on our on our side. So it was just a little fine tuning and, and kind of just sometimes just talking, getting stuff out just makes you feel more free.
0: Yeah, it's good to have a, a resource like that, someone you can talk to. Are there other people who you draw upon in that way?
8: Uh, definitely my family. You know, they're they're my huge support. Uh I don't get to see them very often, you know, being from the East Coast and, and traveling constantly with this team and my, my pro team. But our our connection has grown very close, and I'm talking with either my mom, a sister, or my brother every day.
0: All right, so we ha- we know that there's Matt Anderson Day in West Seneca. Is there a sign out front of the city that says, Home of Matt Anderson, or, or is that in one of the local uh, eateries or something, Matt Anderson Eats Here?
8: <laughs> no, but there is in the town hall of West Seneca, there's uh, one of my jerseys from the Olympics um, signed and put up there with a little plaque uh, notarizing uh, July 27th as Matt
0: Anderson Day. July 27th. All right, I've got to put that on my calendar. And, Jeremy, he wants to go yeah. and he wants to experience Matt Anderson Day.
3: Yes. Are there balloons, flowers? Like, like, what happens?
0: Yeah, how do we appropriately celebrate Matt Anderson Day? What do we have to do?
4: To be honest,
0: I don't know. Um, I wasn't. I
8: wasn't there. We were. It was opening ceremony. So, but there's. They just had a big uh, congregation outside of uh, town hall, and my high school coach was there, and a bunch of my family and close family friends were there, just to say congratulations, I guess, to somebody that wasn't there.
0: All right. Here, here's what I want people to do. I want our listeners to do this. July 27th, we should all try and touch 123. That's what you touch right now, Matt.
8: 123. Uh, 122.
0: I could have given you the extra inch, Matt. Don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> Listen, 12 <laughs> foot 2, that's what everyone has to try and touch. I don't care how you do it, trampolines, ladders, trees, whatever it is, get something that's 12-2, touch it, take a picture of it. I'm going to try and touch 12-2 on July 27th I'm going to celebrate Matt Anderson Day. Hey,
4: uh, speaking
0: of the Olympics and your increased notoriety, we know your Twitter followers exploded. Uh, And Mm -hmm. and really it's a weird thing for volleyball athletes. You mentioned you are right with your professional team. As soon as that celebration goes on, you all of a sudden have to go overseas and you're gone from the United States and some of that celebration. But did you get an opportunity to do any fun stuff right out of the Olympics? And and if you did, what was the coolest thing that came out of uh, your Olympic notoriety?
8: Um, Well, yeah, I went back home right after the games, and a lot of the local establishments that I grew up going to with with family and just for dinners or with my dad played softball a lot for different bars and restaurants, and so we would always go there after the games, get some food, and, and all the kids played together, and they threw a little party each night in three different bars and restaurants in my area. So when I went home, I tried to have each night at each place for uh, like a little two-hour happy hour kind of meet and greet thing, where I was able to meet people that I didn't even know, you know, and they just walk up and say thank you, and it it was a huge honor.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. You probably couldn't pay for a meal most anywhere for that period of time, huh?
8: Yeah, it was tough <laughs> for sure, for sure.
0: All right, before we let you go, I know you have a busy day down there. I, I want you to kind of give us a, a little bit of vision into the changes that have gone on with this men's national team in the short time you've had with John Spraw. I know you've been back just a couple of weeks. But what have been some of the biggest positive changes and implementations from uh, John Spraw and his staff?
8: Well, they bring a new challenge for us. And I think that's the the reason I love the sport of volleyball is it's constantly evolving and constantly bringing new challenges to the plate, and it's, uh, it's something that makes me want to master it, and I love it because it's always evolving, and it's really hard to master the sport, so right now we're, we're implementing a new offense, and we're also focusing on running different defensive schemes, something that we need to do, and uh, we're not as big this year overall in, in stature, so defense is going to be a huge part of our, our game and uh, coming in with a faster offense will help that as well. So those are two of the main factors that we're working on.
0: All right. Have you ever heard John Spraw yell? Has he ever raised his voice?
8: Uh, One time in practice, but he's huge with the process and and learning through the process. So he understands with that, players are going to make mistakes when they're focusing on on changing. And the reason he he raised his voice was because it wasn't because of errors, it was because of effort.
0: Well, process is a great thing to be focused on. John sproul has got you guys doing the right thing. And, Matt, I think you're in the process of becoming one of the all-time great players there for USA Volleyball. Congratulations on your on your success so far, and it'll be fun to watch you as you continue to mature inside the U.S. program. Look forward to seeing you in Tulsa next weekend. People get an opportunity to come out and see you play. At least watch warm-ups, man. That's worth it. Thanks for yeah. spending a little time with us, Matt. Appreciate it.
8: Thank, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. All right. Matt Anderson checking in live from practice we have be seeing him uh, in Tulsa this next week, man, in warm-ups. He's just, thumping just balls. bouncing ball. Just bouncing ball. Oh, love it. God. It's just fun to watch. Good for he's him. he's approaching that area where only a few have been, where you want to watch that guy in warm-ups, even if you're on the opposing team. Which Hector, doesn't happen that often. Hector Soto, Leonard Marshall, guys you wanted to watch in warm-ups. Two oh. guys, they jump, and the whole crowd at the opposing team is just going, oh, goodness. Man Anderson's getting close to that, where you want to see him bounce some balls. When you're a blocker
3: on the opposing team and you're seeing him do that in warm-ups, what is your thought process?
0: Oh, I'm going to block him.
3: <laughs> in your mind, you're like, oh, no, I'm going to stuff that, and then he hits it over.
0: I'm going to stuff Man Anderson every time he swings. That's what's going through my mind. If you're the blocker on the opposing but, team. But if he gets a perfect set and he jumps, you know what's going to happen? He's going to hit it It's over. like I'm not even there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just as long as the other guy's confident it's about like it. It's like I'm not even there. Gotcha. No, as, as a pro athlete, you never believe that anything the other – person is doing is beyond what you could possibly affect. Gotcha. <laughs> because even a guy like Lena Marshall, you'd watch him jump and this guy was 6'3", probably jump 50. and That's probably not an exaggeration. Look it up on YouTube. It's sick. The dude from uh, Cuba. Cuba, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But Lena couldn't hit the line to save his freaking life. He could just just jump high yeah, and swing so you, as far you as he you can. knew if you stayed inside here, you didn't have a great arm either. That's one of the things that separates Matt a little bit, I think, from, from yeah. a lot of the other big jumpers in the world. So many big jumpers they've they they're never been set high enough. Matt has a pretty nice arm swing to go along well, with that. I feel that like he has range. Yeah. From what I've seen, he has range with his hits. I think he does a nice job of hitting the ball high. That's that's always been a thing. I've played with players who jump higher than me
3: mm-hmm. who don't
0: hit the ball as high as I hit the ball.
3: Yeah, because a lot of times when people are trying to crush the ball, they literally hit it just right above the net.
0: Yeah, whether it's their arm yeah. or their timing or the way they drive the, the ball with their hand. They they are not hitting the ball high. Yeah, that was one of the things I always worked on excelling at is when I contact the ball, I'm going to contact it high every time. Yeah.
3: And not spatch it out of bounds like I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So so there's a way to have height and utilize height. And I I think they're Matt told me they're making some changes with him Uh, mechanically. They're working on his arm and, and certainly with that in mind. And so that it is when Matt gets a perfect set and he's in rhythm, there's just no touching it because his arm's going to get up there and reach and he'll go over the biggest block in the world. I mean, it? this is a kid who I I think uh, I named him the biggest disappointment of 2009. I think he's been my MVP or my uh, my best player of the last two years. He's just he he really got it together. And he's been playing some great volleyball, so I look forward
3: to seeing that continue. I'm glad that he still calls into the show, even though you called him a disappointment, because I know other people take a lot of offense to that and don't call back in afterwards when we critique their games a
0: little bit. Yeah, and I tried to make it clear that the reason he was a disappointment to me because I had such high expectations. I thought this kid was going to be unbelievable, and here he came out, and all of a sudden he got pneumonia, and he was out of the lineup, and he did have some struggles. His father passed away yeah. during that all time, that and, and yep. there's so much going on that obviously is bigger than volleyball. Yeah, but Matt has come back. He's come back stronger. He's come back wanting to learn, and that's why I'm so positive about where he's at now. Is not just because of the physical tools, but because of what I see from Matt, what I hear about him when other people talk about him and the way he approaches practice in the gym and other people. And that's what continues to fill me with more and more confidence about his abilities to not only be a great individual talent, but also be a big part of USA Volleyball. Gotcha. So yeah, good stuff uh, from Matt Anderson and we appreciate his time. We appreciate the time. Everybody committed to this show today. John Sprague giving us some audio over the weekend. Mike Seeley giving us some audio over the weekend. Leonard Armato calling in today. Courtney Thompson and Matt Anderson plus, the guy who was in the chair next to me earlier, Chris McGee, thanks to him for showing up once every six months or so. It's a good thing we don't have a show next week because what would we talk about and who would we have on? I we don't. did everything today. That's why we had to get everything today. It's uh, it's impressive. Good show, Kevin. Good job by you. Hey, thank you. I'm you know I'm trying to be the glue. I'm trying to be Courtney Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be the Courtney Thompson of this program. Well, you're going to need to stay more positive then. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to have to smile more. Son of a... All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Do we have any T-shirts left? Mediums and smalls and gray, kids. Mediums and smalls and gray. Clean them out, will you? They're on sale over there at VALAClothing.com, V-A-L-A-Clothing.com. Clean those out for us. Otherwise, the local kids here at the Goodwill, they're going to be wearing some NetLive T-shirts. And those shirts, they're really nice. Comfy. So, John Spraw said, you know, every time I talk to you guys, I think I ought to order one of those T-shirts. Well, John, sorry, bud. I know, I saw them. I got one in my closet. Well, here's the thing. I saw them at... A couple of UCLA
3: things this year because I was there doing basketball and went to a couple of their matches and I would you know wear the shirt when I would go to volleyball matches because I like to represent. And he's like, oh, I need to get one of those. I was like, I will I will bring you one. And he's like, no no no, I want to pay for because I want to support. Wanna support the show. And you know obviously he's a busy man and he forgot and
0: we'll still take his twenty bucks. Yeah I mean if we don't he, have a shirt Yeah account. if he
3: wants to give us twenty bucks that's I'm all for it. So. But <laughs> hey. yeah I think the shirts are on sale right now for ten dollars.
0: Well hey. You know, if, $10. If John great. wants to buy one for Andrea, yeah. Do that. Medium yeah. or a small?
3: Text him. Text him right now.
0: Yeah, he can buy one for Andrea.
3: <laughs> hey, bud. I know you're coaching the national team, but uh, don't you take a time out <laughs> and buy a NetLive shirt? Pay us some money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Congrats on
3: your first win. Let's uh, Let's get a t shirt there, bro.
0: Well, thanks to you guys out there for listening and supporting our program. We sure appreciate it. We have a good time in here each Monday talking about volleyball. Off next week. Back the week after, we're going to have the filmmakers, Jack and Leslie Heyman. They're going to be here on the program. Well, I don't miss that, but i listen to the podcast. And we're working on some other guests. We're working on having St. Smith in studio soon. We're working on having Hugh McCutcheon in studio at some point soon. I think he's coming out to work with the men's team. Jake Spiker Gibb, as soon as uh, he's in the country on
3: a Monday, we keep talking. We'll make it happen. We'll probably be closer around to the uh, the Long Beach FIVB event when he's back in town.
0: And also Volleyball Vacations. Working on. That. Oh,
3: yeah. Tom... Davenport, is that his name? Tom Davenport. Tom Davenport from South of the Border Volleyball Vacations. South of the Border.
0: SOB. SOB. Not the other one. This is South of the Border. Yes. So we're working on that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm Kevin. He's Jeremy. We're checking out.
4: Check, check. Are we disconnected?